All right, let's get professional. How was your day, actually? Oh, not too bad. Kids, uh, me and my took my son out to the ocean. We did a little fishing. Hell yeah! Yeah. Get anything? Yeah. uh, Not not a lot. We caught a bunch of little catfish and some uh, some snapper. I didn't know that. I guess they do have catfish in the ocean. I just never thought about it. Oh yeah. You're still in Florida, right? Orlando, right? Yeah, in Orlando. Yeah. Right on, right on. Well, Jimmy, thanks for being a part of this, man. I really appreciate it. You're kind of Grandpa Jimmy Ink Mastered of some <laughs> sorts. I don't know if you know, but every single conversation I have, I can't say every single, but damn near every single conversation I have with an Ink Master, and I ask them about their process. They're like, well, you know, I talked with Jimmy about it. <laughs> How many people do you figure you've, uh, is it consult? through the process that I've spoken to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Spoken. You wouldn't call it consult cause you would have to charge money then. No, I mean, <laughs> there's been a lot of times where I've had people reach out to me and a lot of times there's those questions where they kind of want to know if it's worth doing it or what to kind of expect or how to guarantee like the process. I mean, they, they, they feel like, I think because we've been on the show, we have more answers than, than anything. And I tell them like a lot of times, even when we thought we knew shit, we fucking didn't know anything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I do a lot of times I, I just kind of, you know, kind of give them the advice like, Hey, uh, first and foremost, what I want you to know and understand is that whatever you think the show is going to be about, it's most likely not going to be that, you know, like, um, and also like kind of that, what do you think you're going to gain from the show? Do you think this is something that's going to launch your career? Do you think this is something that's going to be more about the artwork? Do you think this is something that's going to be, you know, beneficial to you? You know, cause I tell everyone yeah. what there, there's, there's those three sides to that coin, you know, you got the heads and tails and that fine little line of like, not really understanding what the fuck is going on. You know, and none of it makes sense. So I try to get everybody who ever reached out to me kind of like that free heads up of, you know, like you're, you know, you're approaching it from an artistic tattooing standpoint. What you're about to, you know, kind of endure is somebody who's trying to make a television show that just happens to be about the industry you're in that you have similarities, but they're not the same. And they're certainly not trying to showcase the same things that you are, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's hard to say. I think it comes down to a perspective, depending on, you know, whatever storyline or whatever they're wanting to show. It, I think if whatever, you're, if whatever your personality or your art or you as, a, you, you as an individual is marketable, that's what they'll exploit. I don't know if I don't know if the word exploit is a thing, but I think that's definitely the, like a, applies. A, a focal point, you know, kind of, if you will. OK, it it, it applies. It seems to apply in my mind, of course. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> that might be my subjective, per, you know, viewpoint of it. I, I have to go back to that, too. When people uh, tell me they, they talk to you, I think Creepy Jason was the last person who told me he talked to you before he went on. Okay. When people tell me that I'm immediately reminded of season three of course the season that that i was able to share with you yeah and how much of an influence on all of the cast and certainly myself you were and 
um, I, at one point, you may not remember this. I know this is how things go, but um, you told me as I was worried about what I was cutting down in the in in the cutting round over that interview room, I guess, you uh-huh. know, and and I was worried, and there you could. It was the first time I experienced the producers kind of pushing for a story and yeah. and trying to salaciously push me to talk shit on people, you know, and I came up feeling a little dirty, like I didn't know if I'd done anything wrong or right or what. And I talked to you about it briefly. It, you were real quick to say, uh, Kyle, you don't have to say anything they that you wouldn't say at home. Because I was like, man, they're trying to put words in my mouth. Yes, real quick, Kyle. You do not have to say. So you can say if you think it's going to make your career go better, if you think it's going to be better for the storyline or whatever, but make sure that you make that decision and don't allow a producer to make it for you. I was like, that was all it. I mean, that little conversation changed everything about the way I approached that show. Huh. I mean, where not, I shouldn't say everything, <laughs> but it certainly a, a changed, you know, how much, I don't know if they liked you. You know, if they knew it was coming back from you, that people were going down there with integrity and being like, yeah, I don't really want to say that. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's hard. It's hard to say. I think I was kind of like a love hate for them. Um, I, you know, I was told by, you know, close producers and people who are who who held higher chairs in that in that um, uh, production uh, that said that, you know, I kind of helped. uh some people that, you know, they've reached out to before changed their mind on going back on there um, that kind of helped them, you know, look at a few different things, you know, a couple of certain ways, you know, and then like they all- didn't go on it because of advice you had given them or you they did go back on it because of they, advice you would give them. They, they uh, you know, like because there's how many I mean, I'm sure you've encountered it, too, you know, throughout, you know, doing conventions and travel and stuff like that. You know, I've. uh you know, I've struck conversations about the show and I've had people like, oh, the motherfucker has been emailing me or they've been calling me and I'm telling mm-hmm. them to fuck off, you know, they're ruining the industry, blah, 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 you know, or they're like, you know, hey, man, I've, you know, I keep trying, I keep trying, I keep trying, you know, and this isn't happening. This isn't no word, you know, they keep doing this or they keep doing that. So it's uh, it kind of came down to like this little weird thing of where they kind of like said, hey you know, this person said that they talked to you and that's why they finally accepted our phone call. Or this person had spoken to you about something and they were like, they're, op- they're open-minded enough to, you know, want to come do the show. Yeah. So it was, uh, and then there's another thing where it's like, you turn around and it's like, oh, okay, well, cool. You know, you know that I have integrity, that I'm not trying to be super shitty, that, you know, I agree with some of the things that they're doing. And then I also, have an opinion where I disagree with a lot of the things that they're doing as well. But I think when it comes to when you start disagreeing or, you know, you know, kind of standing up for what you feel is kind of like integrity or right. That's when they start with that. Oh, you're, you're just throwing out conspiracy theories. You're just, you know, you're, you're overthinking it or you're trying to, yeah. you know, you know, like they kind of almost downplay what you're feeling. You're like, no, I, you know, like, whatever I'm looking at and, or whatever I'm feeling, this is my feelings, you know, and this is why that I feel this way. And this is why I'm looking at it this way. And they were like, no, no, that's not right. And you're like, well, okay, but I'm still going to stand by my convictions and what I do. You know, that was one of the things I've always said that I don't regret doing, you know, doing this show and I don't regret anything I've ever done on the show. Um, 
you know, I did what I did, you know, it's a chapter in my mm-hmm. life. It doesn't make me who I am or, you know, the 30 years of tattooing, you know, like it's, it, you know, it's, it was really cool and an experience, you know, to be a part of it, but it's not something that it's not my everything, you know? Yeah. So you're not but, hanging your head on it. No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, well, one thing that started with that, to be honest, uh, to give you some credibility in that, or, or just to give you some credit, I guess, is you brought, I mean, Shane O'Neill did for his first season, um, Jesse for the second season. And then you, you brought the prestige of the actual echelon, high echelon of tattoo artists to Ink Master. And we all enjoyed in that because I got to actually put Tony Kundal in his place that one day on the Phoenix challenge when he was like laughing about us all being jokes, basically. And then I was able to say, hey, I see Jimmy Litwalk down there and I've heard of him before. I've never heard who the hell you are before in my life. I know Jimmy Litwalk, you know, and he's down here competing, which tells me you could be down here competing because you're less of a name than him. And you're going to make more money if you were able to beat all us jokes. But I don't see you putting your hat in the ring. Um, I think. OK, so I think we're, we're the reason why I even did the show. Um, you know, originally I was asked to be almost a guest judge and then I had mm-hmm. met the there's they were talking about me being on there as a contestant and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the idea of doing the show is like, you know, wasn't the first show I've ever been on before because, you know, you know, me and Joey, you know, I went out, was out in Vegas and the, you know, we did, uh, inked, uh, you moved the- out to Vegas for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely but- want to get back into that story. Cause I know there's a whole fucking can of worms there too, <laughs> but <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but this wasn't your first experience with TV is what you're saying. You've well, kind of like, been through a little. Like living on set. But yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. I, like the little bit of knowledge that I thought I knew about tattooing, this show definitely showed me that. No, there's a whole other, there's a whole other feet behind the curtain type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But the reason for like even doing this show was like, I remember back starting my career and you know, when you couldn't travel, like you, 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 you know, most people like you, you talk to your buddies and your friends and jumping into a car and driving across country or driving to another state and getting tattooed by someone that you had looked up to, or you heard about or something like that, you know, yeah. it wasn't like, Oh, let's make an appointment type thing. Like you got in the car and you fucking drove off. And if that person was busy that day, you got a shitty ass hotel or you slept in the parking lot and you came first thing in the Wait morning. Until the next tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tattoo. Um, and back then, you know, the most of our information and stuff that we had seen kind of like what was, what was up, what was the entering is like, you waited for magazines to come out. And it was back when I started, it was like, you had outlaw biker and it was like a section in the back that had probably like four or five pages of like them, either at some rally or someone sent something in or some mm-hmm. you know, chick or dude posing on their bike that had like, you know, three or four tattoos. And that was pretty heavily tattooed, you know, back then you know, visually seen. And, um, but like when like flash came out and, you know, and tattoo, flash, you know, flash magazine by that, you mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stuff like that came out. It was like, y- you waited for that shit, man. Like you, you could not wait, you know, like I fucking ran down to the local, you know, mag shop to where I can find uh-huh. something looking into him like, Oh shit look at this man look at this fucking dragon look at this fucking panther head you know like look at you know it was like that was like 
my like, oh shit, this is fucking awesome type thing, you know? Because like, it, it, it was like the, your your teen beat when you're yeah. going to get your your fix of of you know, uh, that, that was Backstreet my, Boys. That was my version of social media. Was fucking looking mm -hmm. at tattoo magazines, you know? That was my fucking. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. I'd stare at it for hours type thing, and seeing everybody on there. And then after a while, uh, magazines started to take a dive. You know, like they were getting, you know, more into like how many ads they can sell. You know, uh, the quality mm -hmm. of the print came a lot more pixelated, uh, a lot more um, mix ups of, you know, what name was under the caption or what shop was under that caption. You know, it became more about like, oh, it's just, you know, half of a fucking, you know, naked girl with, you know, with her, you know, tits hanging out. But she's got a tattoo on her ankle, you know, kind of thing. Right. You know, it became a lot more. But. You know, it was, there was, but again, it was like questioning to like really where was it coming down to? So I think a lot of people really kind of started turning their backs on tattoo magazines because they were like, oh, it was about the artwork and now you're all about the ads. Now you're just trying to teach people how to fucking find equipment easier instead of doing it the way we did, where it was like you had to wait for someone to die at the round table or wait for someone to vouch yeah. for you, you know, or fucking well, find a way to make your own shit. Is and, that where Ink Master, your, your your desire to be on it, started to come in as well? As it, it no, it wasn't next... the desire. Um, mm -hmm. It was uh, kind of how I looked at it. Where you know, I, I I didn't really start blaming tattoo magazines for putting out stuff. You know, I started blaming fucking good artists not fucking sending and stuff. And then I get it. You know, to where they didn't want to you know make that effort that kind of support it was like no I don't support their people because they're supporting this company or I don't want to support that magazine because you know, this person or this photographer or whatever it may be, you know, it became a lot more like with anything, you know, politics always seem to play a part. Right. And I remember everybody was like, just like motherfucking magazines are like, I ain't sending a motherfucker shit. All they print and fucking show is just garbage ass tattoos because of like, you know, there was one photo in there that of somebody you didn't like, or one photo of a style that you just, you know, wasn't your vibe. And people would just be like, no, I'm not sending anything. And they would just, motherfuck tattoo magazines up and down and i'd always ask people when they start with that like you know well like kind of give me your reason why you're just hating on them is it is there a valid reason or you're just doing it just because you know that's the end thing to do and well I, or a sour grapes kind of effect too or kind of a thing where it's like maybe you're not that good enough of a tattooer that they're not printing your stuff or right. you know you know whatever it may be and then people will be like i'm not doing that shit fuck those magazines i'm like why and I'm like, well, they don't print nothing good. And I'm like, well, what did you send them? And they're like, what? I'm like, well, what have you sent them? Well, I haven't sent them anything. I'm like, why? I'm like, well, a magazine wants to stay in business. And if they have good photos, I'm sure they would, you know, love to put a good photo to show off in their magazine as opposed to what you think is bad. You know, mm -hmm. if all they're getting is sent bad photos, then that's probably all they, you know, they pick from, you know, the best of the worst. But if you're sending in fucking shit, that's so fucking amazing. I guarantee you, if you're that good, they would put your photos above anything else. And Did so a lot of, you know, kind of light like, a oh. fire or that just uh, shut a lot of people up, though. It, it, you know, it opened itself up for a different conversation, I would say. Okay. I don't think it necessarily shut a lot of people up. But I mean, I'm sure some people took a little slice of humble pie mm -hmm. as opposed to like, you know, taking a step back like, oh, OK, well, maybe that is a different perspective. But then that's similar then. And to so how a reason that, that you would is that this is the same translation, new technology or yeah, new platform. Exactly. Okay. Like doesn't mean you gotta support it, but understand that it's there. You know, so like 
magazines aren't going to go away. You know, so if they're going to be there, then why not be about you? It was yeah. just like tattoo shows. Tattoo shows are going to make a thing about tattooing. And if you think that everyone on there is not that good, then go fucking apply. Go be a part right. of it. Like I said, if like, they're showing the bad parts, uh, in your opinion, of the tattoo industry, then go show the good parts. Exactly. You know, like take, I mean, you look at the, the last season, you know, of 14, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, like, dude, there was fucking dude. Everyone on there was fucking monsters. Like they were fucking so good at what they did. Now they might yeah. not have been great at everything, but like their style of what they did were fucking solid as shit. Yeah. No, they brought the Ink Masters back in, and I actually was, I wasn't, you know, in a moment when, if you watch the season at least, in a moment when you should be like, ooh, these new kids better watch out, I seen a bunch of, no offense to any of them, they're all great artists, but I, I saw a bunch of kind of older, ideal tattoo artists coming in, and I was like, I don't think these guys are as much of a challenge as they're trying to portray them to be. Not for these new group of kids, they're fucking talented. Yeah, but well, I think what, but that was what it comes down to. So artistic wise, the caliber that they had was super high, but that's not what they're really looking at. You're looking for the characteristics of a storyline, you know, like the personalities, you know, like that show basically has 16 artists that come on and everyone's fighting to be the lead singer of the band, you know. Okay. I was going to be a guitarist, but I follow. I follow. Yeah, but there's, but I mean, there's going to be a conflict because everybody wants to be the front lead person, you know. Yeah. And but you go back to season one and you seen like, you know, they had started off with what, like 11 or 12, you know, artists. And it was like six really good artists. And then six, you know, you know, like half of that, like three of them were like, OK. And then the other ones were like, these these people are here for like, you know, lions to the lambs. Like they're only here yeah. to, you know, to make, you know, drama, to make dramatic, to make, you know, now they TV. did that with our season as well. You would agree, well, I'm, think, I'm sure. To be honest, by our season, they figured the formula out. And okay. they, you know, I think, you know, season one, they tried it out to see if if it would catch on. Then season two, I think they tried to kind of like, you know, you know, test the formulas or, you know, you know, sprinkle with some seasoning into it to see what the flavor would be. And I think by season three, I think they had a good foundation of where to start going. Okay. Of, of the drama that they wanted to portray. Yeah, exactly. Without the drama, I mean, no matter as much as we might want to be like, we don't watch for the drama without the drama. You don't tune in. America yeah. don't care. Exactly. You know, you need, you need conversation at the water cooler, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I think psychologically they figured out ways to really kind of get to the artist. You know, you know, we were the first season to not be allowed to have our cell phones. We were the first season to not to allow to go outside. We were the mm -hmm. first that had such restrictions that mentally, you know, kind of drove us to a certain point that led over into what would have necessarily been the on camera filming part. You know, I do. Do, so, do you think that there was a push? <laughs> That you might be more more aware of possibly too in, in our season three uh i was pretty blinded by a lot you know that was that was a lot to take in and so you're kind of dumbfounded for a while but did was there any push that you got from producers or anybody for more alliance 
kind of things? No, I think they knew I wasn't going to play that game. Okay. I, I knew right off the bat because there was a lot of times and I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not like I'm held under contract by anymore or anything like that. Um, I, I think I was kind of pushed to the role of almost like a big brother because mm -hmm. there were times when I was pulled aside and asked by certain producers to go, Hey man, uh, this person's having a really hard time. Uh, can you go talk to them? You know, and, or like, Hey, this person seems like they're about to quit or this person seems down. Can you go get, you know, can you speak to them? And I didn't look at it like I was fucking being microphoned or, you know, I kind of almost forgot by the time we're fucking, we go upstairs and try to fucking find something to eat or just kind of mm -hmm. like rest for a second. Like you still forget there's a fucking, you know, a four inch fucking microphone strapped to your ass and fucking, <laughs> you know, it's all wired like your fucking RoboCop, you know? Right. Yeah. You do forget about it. And then because, I mean, you're almost, kind of in like a daze you're almost in like kind of like just almost like robot mode where you know you're downstairs there's 400 things going on your brain's going 400 miles an hour it's like everything is such fucking floored that you know like you kind of just overlook like oh fuck yeah i haven't eaten in fucking 24 hours or yeah in the past three days i've only gotten two hours of sleep you know like yeah you just kind of you just your brain just kind of just you know just kind of just goes into autopilot so they would kind of like, Hey, go, go talk to this person. And, you know, there was like times I would kind of go talk to somebody and I'd say something, you know, and there's times people bring up shit that I fucking totally even forgot about, you know, um, the just weird shit of like, Hey, you remember having that conversation with that person or like, you know, you know, he was being like a crybaby and you, you know, you calmed him down. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> oh, I forgot that was even there, you know? Um, are you are you doing so many good works in this area that you because I came up with one. Jason told me of one. Others have talked to me about your your consulting with them and uh, helping them see the benefits possibly or, or understand and weigh the benefits. I don't think I'm, I've ever seen you really be a guy like this is the way you should believe. But um, so, so did you I mean, was is that who you were? I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I just looked at it, man. I looked at it. I was, I was amongst my peers and we were all going through the same fucking hell week. And, <laughs> you know, I just wanted everyone to do the best that they could to be showcased at the best that they can be, you know? And I, I looked at it like, to me, it was like tattoo of the day every single day. I didn't need to talk shit about anybody to, to kind of like to try to fill an empty void or something like that. You know, I didn't need to fucking, you know, play some kind of fucking flip-flop victim or, you know, bad guy or try to make some kind of alliance because at the end of the, the really what to me, it, it's, it was just all weird. It's like, yeah, in our season, they kept using that phrase. Remember like, Oh, you're throwing them under the bus. Yes. Throwing them under the bus and the wolves. One was, or the other. That was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. And I, I made a funny phrase of kind of making fun of that saying of like, oh, throw him under the bus. I'm the bus driver. And I was just kind of making fun. And they fucking heard it. Like, <laughs> they used I was it. Saying it. And I'm like, oh. yeah, you're the author now. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, and there was just like a lot of times where I'd say shit that was kind of either about me or making fun of something. And they used it to like, oh, no, this is what that dude believes. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Holy shit. You know, people are always like, hey, was that fucking scripted? And I'm like, no, just fucking skillfully edited <laughs> yeah yeah they, it, it, to some extent it is a conspiracy 
just to have a story writer and a producer and an editor all trying to figure out a story, a dramatic, compelling story to engage their viewers with on your behalf. That can go positive or negative, but it is a conspiracy. Andrea hates the idea. She's like, oh, then we're talking about conspiracies and blah, blah, blah. And she acts as that's not an active thing going on. Do, do you follow? I don't even know if I have a question here. I just want to know your own opinions about the conspiratorial acts, aspects, um, pro and con for artists, and also what depths do you think they go? I remember when you got some cheese, blue cheese on a prime rib, and you're lactose <laughs> intolerant. No, I'm a, actually I'm <laughs> lactose. I'm allergic. Okay, and you were like, I don't. Like who the when have I ever had blue cheese? Whoever puts blue cheese on prime rib? No, I couldn't it think was, of it was brisket. Remember we ordered because we okay were brisket from those two restaurants. I do remember because I ended up eating it. I felt so terrible, but I had two servings of that stuff. It was only warm stuff in the house. Yeah, and you were fired up that day. You were like, "Fuck, man, they're doing this shit on purpose." And I'm like, "Dude, I feel bad, but I will eat the fuck out of that. I love blue cheese." I never yeah. thought about putting out brisket. The more you hate it, the more I'm thinking maybe this is maybe we're on to something here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of things that I thought uh they would do is come almost like a psychological thing, you know, like mm-hmm. uh you know, like you ever notice how when we were upstairs in the room, the fucking heat would be on nine hundred goddamn degrees set on hell. <laughs> but was- I have my own theories on this, but yes, I, I know and I, I- down at night and try to like get a few hours of sleep they'd mm-hmm. the fucking ac would be set on arctic <laughs> so, yes i recall but here, here's my uh, uh my thoughts here right you have 16 dumbass males well i don't know we're on this but uh what 12 males living in yeah. one area and we have a thermostat on the wall and at one point somebody wakes up i just figure and they're like man it's too cold in here and they don't go over and hit and try and see. They don't have a light. You know, I mean, they took our phones, so we don't have the ability to see what it is. We just go to the buttons and we start pushing, right? Till it's like a million. We go back to bed. And then somebody else wakes up, different blood type, and they're like, holy fucking shit, is it goddamn hot in here? And then they just go over and start pushing until it gets down to Arctic. And I, th- I feel like there's a chance that we were going back and forth like that, but only because I the, the overnight producers they had with us i just didn't ever see them as being ambitious enough to do any of that shit uh i do because (laughs) (laughs) they'll do what they're told really exactly exactly you know i think there's certain parts of you know like that's just a part of the 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 job i mean it, it realistically i think every profession has that kind of thing like a lot of times it's like in you know like even in our profession Let's say, you know, for example, like you got someone coming in that, you know, does something that you're just like, man, I, this is a dumb fucking idea. Like, why would you do this? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And, but that becomes down a matter of opinion, you know, but at a yeah. certain point then you look at it like, ah, oh, you know what? They're not asking me to give a fuck about their tattoo. What they're asking for is something that's done clean, something that's done solid, something that I can take their idea and make it their vision. It just, that's just what it is. And so I think sometimes you look at it like a lot of the fucking handlers that we had that worked for us in the night were like, yeah, they were cool with this, 
but that wasn't their job to be cool with us. Their job was to do what the fuck they're told. And, right. and then if they cool with us afterward, that's secondary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, their job is to heat up and, the place until his balls ass hot. And, and the only freeze reason us I, out when we're, when we got icicles from our sweat. Yeah. And the only reason I say this is because there was times where it's like, you know, like those conspiracy theories kind of came into play and things got kind of, you know, like, Oh shit. Kind of moments, you know, I remember, um, you mean where the where the jig was up, kind of like you were seeing behind the curtain? Kind of, yeah. Okay. When I when when I started figuring out there was some there was there was a lot more um, there was a lot more chess going on than checkers, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Be- because I thought at first it was like checkers, like okay, hey, this person you know got to the lead because this person jumped over them, and you know this person has to lead because that person got skipped over, you know, kind yeah. of like you know elimination thing, you know. And then you start kind of noticing shit like, oh, no, this isn't checkers. This is chess. You see how this is fucking going? Like one of the Mm -hmm. big that I still up to this day will fucking have no problem saying in front of fucking the Lord Almighty that Craig. I I already know what you're going to. I was. Yeah, I could have finished the sentence for you. Tattoo that, in my opinion, he was the only one who fucking did the challenge. And which which one for the one where he did the K Cutta tattoo? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. And, and they they determined they didn't like it based off of his prior challenge, black and gray. By his prior challenge, but then they also started talking about then the 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 word of the Upcoming day. Coming challenges. Up, <laughs> and then all the everything everything just became like no 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 that's not it no 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 that's not it no 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 that's not it it became like everything became like this verbal tennis match of like why everything was allowed to change and fit mm-hmm. some different. Yeah. I remember they, and, they, they shut down production that next day after Craig went home. I know that you recall and they were like, okay, everybody, we kind of need to explain what went on yesterday. Cause you're all looking around and you're wondering why the fuck is Josh still here? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we were like? So four times you're not out. Like yeah. we were under the three strike, you're gone rule. Uh, fucking Craig hit two home runs already. Oh, dude, you know? he was dude, he was still fucking knocking him out of the park in park. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. Dude, he he was a monster from day one. Like there wasn't yeah. a tattoo that that guy produced on that show, man. Like you might again, you might not like the subject matter and like what it is, but it was fucking solid. Man, you did know? he impressed me with the very first drawing. I saw his stencil of it was like a Philadelphia Eagle or something. And he was, I just saw the stencil. I was just like, okay. I mean, it looks kind of cool, but I'm not too scared yet. And then I saw his finished piece and I jaw dropping was just like, you did that with that. That was, and then they fucking beat it up with now, if you would have used black in this area instead of gray. Yeah. (laughs) You guys don't know what the fuck you're looking at. The, from the word, um, do you remember when we couldn't believe that like tattoo baby did the broken finger that just kind of yes. came off the top of the hand yes and they just blew past that like it was nothing they're like yeah okay cool we're just gonna hype this up you know like we we can't have her you know bad mouth you know coming off first thing now grant right. she's a tattooer but we're yeah. talking about a tattoo that day right and, then, and but craig's tattoo was it's flawless like, like Yo, there's no black right here. This is never, and you went wall to wall. <laughs> yeah, 
such it was such a nitpick thing to where it was like it was such a good tattoo that you had to find things that you had to hate off of certain things and it was which, like which were all just bull, bullshit it only, and smoke it, only, it became down of like of just taste at that point it mm -hmm. wasn't technicality it was towards taste but then the well, except for the technicality of him not using black but really when it was it showcased and I'm sorry to cut you off, but their lack of understanding of fucking art themselves as judges, because putting rich black in an area that wasn't close, we have yeah, an understanding that black contrast brings in close. And they were saying it puts th things back further. But see, that's where I, where I come into play where I don't believe a lot of that was them. Right. Because they were searching. When people like, I remember when Oliver first started tattooing, I remember when Chris was still an apprentice. Like I knew those guys back then. And okay. both of those guys started out as new school artists. Like before it was called new school, like that's what they were doing. You know, Ollie too. The, the, yeah, Ollie. He was called okay. Ducky. And I remember him fucking doing all these little rubber duck tattoos and these Cadillac tattoos. You know, everything had kind of this like, almost like Texas, uh, traditional new school rockabilly feel to it you know like it was that okay. was like 90s thing and like those guys did that style like chris had that frankly feel to it you know like he had mm -hmm. you know that kind of new school drawing you know like he was going down to brazil and drawing like a lot of you know like new school was heavily down there just because they're are they're a heavily artistic culture you know and yeah. everything has such flair and you know like almost that graffiti style to it you know it had a lot of a lot of um player and style to it you know and then it became you know when they're saying these things i'm like dude that's exactly how you fucking built a name that you know like aside from tattoo you know <laughs> tattoo tv stuff like dude in right. the end this is what you were doing you know it's kind of like you almost what did you forget about your fucking roots like what the fuck man <laughs> and so a lot of stuff that well was my roots ain't paying me five grand an episode yeah you know a lot of stuff had me kind of scratching my head in the beginning i was like um what the fuck is going on here you know mm -hmm. and so a lot of things just kind of really kind of made me pause for a second going oh shit there's a uh, this isn't quite what i thought it was going to be <laughs> so, so craig goes home we all kind of get that next day hey uh it really wasn't this it was that uh you guys are a little bit mistaken it's still a yeah. uh, a contest where you're the best thing is, is being considered or whatever. They, they basically said that day that we were about to do, they, they didn't tell us, but they, they said everything but the word portrait. They basically said, we are about to do black and gray portraits and we don't believe he has the ability to compete at that level. And somebody would end up with a poor tattoo. And I'm trying to remember who, I, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which which man it was so crazy because they got mad at him about doing something that i mean it, it was so nice he used opaque grace to do his tattoo on k cut his leg yeah and they were like no we're mad that you used opaque grace because we told you yesterday in the black and gray challenge that we didn't like that your use of opaque grays or or your use of white in that and so then it's okay. yeah. Here was he didn't necessarily use a lot of opaque grays. He used those as like little highlights. And the point to when he did the white over the black in the skin, 
as you well know, that mm-hmm. it gives an opaque look that you're almost like mixing an ink cap. Yeah. And the point was, is that they, they had told me because I was down there because I won that challenge that his was wrong because of that. Right. And then it was funny because you skip ahead like four or five more episodes when Jackie was down and they praised her for doing that same exact thing in the in highlight nose, right? That nose. And yeah. now granted, it was it was a fucking great tattoo, but it was just kind of like it's weird how you know they they flip flop a lot of those, you know, a lot yeah. of stuff to what it did to, you know, kind of almost well, another thing that's a little weird about it is we fast forward in time. And one of the hottest things out in your black and gray right now is black and gray mixed with white. You know what I mean? Like literally you can get black and gray water wash sets that have bits of white in there to more smooth out your black and gray. Many of your best artists are using it. Or, or just a really good filter on your camera. (laughs) Well, we we can get into that too. Yeah. Yeah. Some Photoshop uh, tech technical skills doesn't, it can go a long way too. Yeah. Um, I just learned that you can put a polarized lens. I knew that you could put a polarized lens on your iPhone, but I didn't know that it's even better when you put a polarized lens on your iPhone and one on your two different light sources. So you can more control. I, I, I got a seminar not too long ago in photography and uh, pretty much just came away with, yeah, maybe sometimes, you know, you just shake your fist at the kids. You know? yeah. Darn you kids. I don't even care anymore. You ruined Instagram. <laughs> we used to have we used to have magazines. Yeah. Day. Um, Craig, I, I still want to stick on this cross Craig Foster for just a minute because yeah. it was for a lot of us. First off, it was awesome for me as a contestant, for you as a contestant, for everybody's contestant. We were like, oh my god, yay! Right? Craig's gone. I might be able to have a chance. And at the same time, we were like, oh my god, there's no fairness to this competition whatsoever. It yeah, I How? it was it was weird to me. I I didn't look at it like great Craig was gone. I looked at it like oh shit, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. You know, it became that's when I really kind of started scratching my head on like a few things and kind of like, well, dude, it doesn't matter how fucking good I am. Like I can mm-hmm. go at it time over fucking whatever reason, you know. And then it was right. like, well, then you had me questioning and self-doubting myself of like well man all the shit that you thought you fucking knew that you were bringing to the table it's like no dude you're you're not at the table (laughs) at some did did that start to work on you that i know me i was not uh, i mean i've been tattooing a while quite a while but i hadn't felt comfortable with it you know and i certainly hadn't achieved any kind of echelon uh that you yourself did that could give you a level of confidence to fight back against these kind of perceptions that people are altering around you, you know, where you're like, is this happening? This is bullshit, right? Yeah. So in that, I began questioning everything about reality. Did it, you, I, did you experience a similar kind of like, what the fuck is real situation? Oh, absolutely. Like, like I said, man, you know, I, what I try to explain to people, it's like, when you go away, you know, you look at it like a convention or a guest spot. Like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things uncomfortable in life and not a lot of my, you know, normal daily routines or the comforts that I have at home. You know, was it your family that you get to kind of confide in or kind of like, you know, bring you back to earth or one of your friends that you get to kind of hang out with or your training or whatever it may be that kind of almost recenters you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
we were put in a position to where it took us out of that comfort zone and not necessarily as like artist point, but like a psychological point. And I think that's what started to create these kind of like weird um, personality explosions, you know, like things that would never bother you at home are now right. setting you off, you know, like, like you're not getting your restorative poses in yoga. If you're just doing all balance and, and leg work, <laughs> like, this is too much. I need a couple of child's pose in here. Yeah. So there was, there was, there was moments that kind of like, um, after a while I, I started allowing to get to me, you know, because it was one of the things that, you know, I remember I wasn't told that we weren't allowed to have our phones until like the day I got there. And I told him, said, <laughs> Hey, I told you, like, I'm a family man. Like I speak to my kids every single day, like every single day. And if I don't talk to them every single day, I will skip one day only because of like traveling or maybe right. I didn't spend enough time that, you know, they had already went to bed. But even then I still try to talk to them before then. But there there wouldn't be a day where I would go two days without speaking to them, you know. But in this case, they have your phone until 12 o'clock. Your kids are in bed by the time you get it. If you got it that week, do you remember that we went the longest we went without our phones was just over a week? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, they kind of I don't know if it set up a hero moment. My fourth season, my my going back for the fourth season, man, I was mentally drained and didn't know if I was a human even anymore, let alone an artist. And then um, it set up a, a chance for me. The girl that was taking her phones at that showing, I actually kind of got her fired or at least she she lost her job as the producer working with us because she was a fucking cunt and she was coming out. Was that the just, girl was that on our show? I don't think she was on. No, she, no, she was a, a new one um, for season four. And when she was handing out the, uh, you know, you were on general J, right? No, 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 no. no. So, she, and she was like, she come from, I think it was like America's top model or something. The show where they were like, these people are sequestered all day long in hotel rooms. They get food and they never talk to anybody ever. They don't get their phones. Like for one full month, they wouldn't get their phones. So she's coming on with this militant attitude. Like we're all a bunch of pampered, prissy, um, you know, artists, which the same lady. It might, <laughs> it might have, I didn't think it was, but maybe I don't remember. Had long black hair, a uh, little tiny, looked like almost like an Alanis Morissette type chick. Oh, no, no. I know who you're talking. That's Ashley. She was the head producer then, no? That was the she, one who was like firing people right in front of us where it was like yeah, we would laugh. Yeah. <laughs> she was, she was a, she had an iron fist. Fucking crazy. <laughs> no, they hired someone else, uh, a taller girl than, than her, um, <laughs> who was married to a, uh, to a, a top chef even. But, okay she was just aghast with some of the stuff that she had to experience. Like we're tattoo artists and um, somebody was telling a fucking funny ass, but really racy joke uh, to the whole crowd. Everybody's laughing. She purposefully finds her way into the room so that she can be disgusted by the jokes that are going on. You're like, you know, you don't even have to be here. Nobody's, you know, nothing, no reason for you. Yeah. You know, we're not filming. You're, you're barely even supposed to be here. And but at one point, um, she was trying to keep our phones from us for an extended period of time. Basically, like you guys might not even get it tonight. And I, I did go to whatever kind of producer and kind of be like, uh, hey, that's fucked up. Like we had our phones last season 
for amounts of time after filming. I feel like we should definitely be able to do that again. And I'm definitely going to do it because I'm going to bitch and fucking whine about it because my family's expecting that. And I'm here going through this hardship again. But I don't know. They gave us back our phones. I later, I shouldn't say I got her fired by that. I got her fired because she took an Ambien from me that I had offered to sausage. And he was like, no, I don't want it. She was like, I'll take it. I was like, man, I don't even want to. And then I realized that it kind of put her in my pocket and that she shouldn't be taking drugs from me. And although that makes me a drug dealer, but I wasn't taking no money. You know, it it made me a loose drug dealer, I guess. And I think the statute limitations is up. I don't know. I know that they asked me, they're like, have you heard about her drinking in front of people Um, or her and another producer drinking? I was like, I don't know about that, but I know she took my Ambien. That's (laughs) fucked up, ain't it? (laughs) <laughs> and they're like oh next thing you know she was a line producer who was approving our money or whatever you know oh, like we can get drunk but all right that's enough about kyle trying to be a hero for a minute apologize way off track you gave uh dave navarro a pink bandana in in a commemoration or not commemoration but in remembrance of craig foster's controversial and wrongful yeah. elimination yeah i did that <laughs> did he wear it for the whole day? I feel I, like he did. Wait, I had that I, I had that pink bandana on me since mm-hmm. the day Craig got kicked off. Did that you band- give it that bandana you- was stuck, that bandana stuck with me in my pocket until I gave it to Dave. Okay. Dave was um Dave asked me, I don't know, does it look too femme? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, can you still wear it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. Speaking of Dave, you got to do his portrait. I did. Yeah. You lucky bastard. Was that um like tattooing the uh essence of Satan or that was, <laughs> was it luxurious? But that was there to be done. That's how I did Dave's. I could not give a fuck that it was actually about Dave, but it's it's weird. So again, like you watch like so a lot of my challenges that I've had throughout my I don't know how many fucking seasons or episodes that I've done with Ink Master, but there's always I think it's a- been three seasons. I can't wrote some of it down and, and three different episodes too of like special episodes. Yeah. So there's always the point to where I miraculously get handed uh, a photo that seems to be a lot different than everyone else's. You know, which happened to me a few times on season three. But um, so when I looked at the photos to pick out when I handed out everyone's photo that day to do portraits. Dave's was the only one that was like professionally photographed. Like it was basically yeah. it was like a blue light, heavily done uh, ad that they had did for I think it was like. Fucking Eda, wasn't it for Pink. like. It was like green. I don't know what it was like. Animal, some kind of animal. Activism. I thought it was animal cruelty because he was supposedly had mascara running from having it sprayed in his but, eye or something. But it was no, it was blood. It was like he was crying. OK. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so I looked at it and it was like the whole fucking side of his head and hair and everything was like just black. It was like half tribal. <laughs> yeah. Shading in the cheek. And it was fun. I was like, dude, I'm fucking doing this because it's minimalistic. You know, yeah. and so I gave out all the portion and then 
Joey was like, no, you got to do the hair. They're going to fucking, you know, they're going to be like, dude, you took the easy way out. And I'm like, I did. This is fucking me. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's what was it. And then everyone, might, they kept making a deal like, dude, did you do this to try to impress Dave? And I was like, absolutely not. I couldn't give a fuck. Like, this was done because. When well, you, look, you know, you fucked up there. You got to be like, yes, of course. Everything I do is to impress Dave. <laughs> it probably should have been my answer looking at it hindsight. But, <laughs> okay. Like was the easiest photo to do right and it was funny so like i did it and i, I added more textures to it and i added more you know con you know like gradients and stuff like that and it was funny and i, I remember them like ah, fuck they, they they said it was like one of the one of the worst ones and i was like it was like one of the easiest ones like if you look i'm like if you looked at it as a tattoo without the photo I could see where you'd be like, dude, why is it this way? Why it doesn't have like these blends. But when you place the photograph next to it, you're like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You actually added more shit to it that you shouldn't have, you know? And so it was like this weird, like, again, where it comes down to like, like, I'm allowed to change my answer and my fucking critique based on whatever the fuck I want, you know? And so it was- Do you think that your answer to critiques- made any determination and and for other contestants ever too i guess i mean that their responses to critiques hurt or help them ever so what it came down to is i think that a lot of people you know it, it maybe you know it could just be my point of view of it but i never made an excuse for fucking up you know i never made yeah. an excuse for something that they didn't like I owned every tattoo that I've ever done on there. Um, and I defended it. And, you know, and I felt like you can have your opinion. I mean, you're talking about an industry to where everything is perspective. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's subject choice of to what you feel. And I feel like there is a point to where we can, you know, really define and critique like the technical aspect of it. But what it really comes down to a lot of what we got, you know, judged on was basically, you know, you know, professional taste in a sense you know of like mm -hmm. what well, we agreed to go on the show these three people are going to tell us what they think they like and right. so that's what and it based is. off this limited ability that you had with a client that may or may not have wanted a tattoo to even fit inside of the, the yeah. confines of the competition you had a heads or tails on multiple facets of you know going on to the show um, but so when I went down, you know, or, you know, whether it was for something bad or for something good, you know, like mm. I just stood by whatever I did. I said, you know, like there's a point to where I understand, you know, like this is a TV show, but I still will stand by my integrity, you know, regardless of the fact of what I think should be done or what is to be done, you know, as opposed to like doing what's right. You know, like the, I had a big problem doing those eyelid challenges that day. You know, I thought okay. it was super up. And then basically when I got pulled aside and fucking yelled at where it was like, look, Jimmy, stop it. Knock it the fuck off. These people <laughs> know what I'm up for. They've agreed to it. Regardless of what you think is wrong or right, they're an adult. Let them choose to be yeah, whatever. They basically, want. we already got Josh harping that storyline. We need you to go after something else. Yeah. <laughs> well, Josh, Josh said that because only I went over there because when I looked, I was like, I said it. I don't know if you remember hearing me say it. I was like, there's a couple of people in here is about to get a really fucked up tattoo. Mm. And I was like, that's not right. You know, like this should not be done. And I was like, it, it, it's, it's the most fucked up thing. And when they were like, 
hey, this isn't from us. This is what fucking, you know, network sent over to us. Isn't this something? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Well, since it's rich people who determine our outcomes, by all means, that changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think I think a lot of what it came down to is like, you know, I just spoke my mind, but I didn't do it shittily. You know, I, I spoke it just from like, hey, you mm-hmm. know, I'm open to, you know, to to debate on where you think that maybe my outlook is completely wrong. But here's why I feel so strongly about this point of view. And I just I just said it that way. I don't think I came across as like. Oh, I'm just saying it just to say it. You know, I was like, no, man, like if you did like, if you like this tattoo, I did it because of this, you know, mm-hmm. or tattoo, I did it because of that. You know, I remember I had- you were gone for 45 minutes once defending uh, poison ivy. If I'm not yes. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> funny. So here's one of the things that memorized I brought up of like photos that got handed to me that just seemed to be a little bit more odd and different. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember me bringing this up. You know, and it showed me, I mean, fuck, this was what, 47 years ago, you know, back. <laughs> this is like 13, 10, 10 or 13 something. Back in World War II when we were in Nam, you know, fucking yeah. doing a TV show. Um, so they walked around and remember they put the, you know, after we got the characters that we were dealt, they said that they were going to put other photo references on our computer for us. Mm-hmm. And that's all we could use. You know, we were kind of like we weren't allowed to use the Getty images that they had always said that we were allowed to have. Right. This was a special because DC was licensing all of the all of yep. anything. They didn't yeah. want it portrayed in a fashion that would not be in, in DC's liking of those right. characters. So that's why we were that. We were that. So the girl that I got dealt with, uh, or Canvas or however you want to print, fucking say it, but um, <laughs> so we she we got uh, poison ivy. And uh, so when I open up my computer and I look at my 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 images that they put in there. So I think I had six images, six or seven images. One was of the tattoo that they held up when they walked in. (laughs) And then. Three of them were basically the same photo. It was of a girl at a car show that had green filters over top of her in like lace and then there was one that was like a full body then one was like from a bus wait not even poison ivy then not even poison ivy not even poison ivy then there was another one that was when poison ivy because you know she was a plant that she can transform right Uh uh-huh she was basically like this tree she had like these roses (laughs) going on her it was like a mag cover uh that they had did for for one of her you know, her own books and stuff, but it was basically like her as like this big viney tree that filled up this whole apartment building. And I think like her versus Spider-Man or some shit. Ugly as poo or I mean, just terrible looking. Or? Well, it looked like it looked like a tree. She was tanned. Mm-hmm. And, and then another one was basically the when I opened it, the girl was like, that's She-Hulk. And I was like, what? <laughs> Hulk? That's not Poison Ivy. And I was like. I'm like, is that, that's not even the same fucking right, character. That's not even the same corporation. And, like, they goes, would be really pissed if you had done that one. You should have done that one. Oh my well, gosh. So you should have done that one. <laughs> so the, she's like, well, it's just a muscular green girl. It's not poison Ivy. 
And I'm like, well, she's the same colors, boys. And I mean, she's like, yeah, but I've never seen that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, like a comic fan. She's like, oh yeah. She's like, I'm a comic nerd. And then she goes, I know who you are. I followed your work before ever being on here. She's like, I'm kind of shocked to see you here. And, um, and it was weird. So I was like, this is kind of weird having, uh, three of the photos be basically a Photoshop of a fucking girl. And these other, which were also realism then basically too. Yeah. So, you know how we were on Wi-Fi, right? Because we were allowed to, when we got our computers, we got to be on Getty, right? Yeah. So I really odd. So I emailed myself those photos. Okay. And, um, and did some searches. So what do so no. So I emailed myself just because if they were going to play some funny business. So when the first thing the girl says is when she sits down, I don't know if you remember, do you remember we had a 20 minute break that we had to stop and all our clients had to go leave to the, to the green room? I don't recall. All right. So there was a point to where we all had to stop because, because you know how when we're microphone, they sit down and I open it up. <laughs> the canvas goes, who is that? That's the wrong photos. That's not poison ivy. Then Andrea come running in. She grabs my she grabs my computer and takes off. And we what? all had to, we all had to stop and our our we had to step out of our room and then they had to take all the canvases back to the green room. Okay, yeah. So on ice, everybody goes. So what Everyone, did she run out with your computer for though? Yep. Because she would she grabbed my computer to see what photos were on there. She went and she had to verify that those were the photos that they sent. And she came back and was like, yes, they are. And I said, all right. I'm like, you know, she's like, shut up, Jimmy. She goes, nope, those are the photos you get. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's when the girl asked me, she goes, can you just draw your own photo? She's like, I like the muscular girl because she was into working out. And like, this is what poison ivy looks like. And I just used the references of the six photos that were put in front of me. So I did this thing and everyone's like, it's the Jolly Green Giant. And so when I was down <laughs> or or it's like, poison ivy. <laughs> yeah. When I was downstairs and Dave Capello or Capullo, however you say yeah. his name. Capullo. Dude, he was like bashing me. He was like, This stretched out animated shit would never fucking work at DC. And I go, motherfucker, the only reason you got a job at DC is because you learned how to fucking draw a Batman stretched out. And I'm like, and not for nothing right now, the reason why you're making money money is because you did Spawn, who has this over-animated fucking cape that just seems to take on a life of its own super stretched out. I'm like, mm-hmm. so you're mm-hmm. fucking proportion control when that's how you fucking built a name? And he was like, you'll never see your style of artwork in any kind of bookstore. I was like, you can go right now. I have three fucking books in fucking bookstores. I'm like, I'm on Amazon right now. Look my name up. And he was like, you'll never get a job, you know, lasting this long and tattooing, drawing like that. And I was like, well, <laughs> I fucking like tattooing. I know I got a job at DC easy because it seems like none of you fuckers can draw body proportions either. And dude, we were going back. <laughs> oh, he loved you. And he was like, he's like, no, no DC thing was like this. I go. Well, if you would have sent me fucking DC artwork, maybe I would have had a better reference. And I go, Josh fucking pulled something off fucking Getty Images that he fucking didn't even fucking have on his computer that he took himself. And they're like, no, he did not. Josh actually said, he goes, yes, I did. He goes, because all the banes that you put on my computer were dog shit. And I had Mm -hmm. to find a better one. And he admitted to him. They blew right past it. 
then <laughs> all, all the stuff that they kept saying was like, oh, it's just wrong, it's wrong. And I go, well, I'll show you the fucking photos that you sent me from your company that allowed me to use. And they were like, no, we don't have time for that. No, we don't have time for that. No, we're not doing it. I go, my com- my computer's right there. I can walk right over and grab it. It'll take me two seconds. I'm like, you can edit it quick. I'll be real fast. And they were like, nope, nope, nope. You can't do it. You can't do it. And they basically just moved right on. Yeah. It, it was like this whole funny thing. I was like, ah, I see. It's what- not going to help our, like, we only want 30 seconds of this anyways, Jimmy. Yeah. No matter, like, <laughs> I'm there and fucking say whatever I wanted to say. They got their two-second sound bite that's going to be, you know, yes or no, bad or good, whatever it was going to be. But it just yeah. seemed really odd that that was happening. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Do you, what do you put up for the possibility that these things are coincidence? I mean, there must be some percentage that you would, if if you put it on a percentage scale, what, what 10, 20% possible coincidence? Or do you feel 100% contrived bullshit? Uh, in these cases, here's my outlook on being able to try to answer that in almost like a, a politician way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because honestly, it's, at some like, point they have so many fingers they can point as scapegoats yeah. for like why me, something didn't happen. It's like me telling you right now, Hey, there's aliens. Hmm. Yeah. So what? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or like <laughs> the world's flat. I get that one a bit. And I'm like, I don't think my day changes if it, if it is, I, yeah. Still so, going to Walmart. So even if you heard that fucking there was parts of that whole thing that were 100%, regardless of we believe it or not, was completely fixed, what are you going to do mm-hmm. about it? Nothing. Right. Just aliens. You're going to just fucking go on about your day. Because Well, I'm going to start a podcast and bitch about it. You can, but what is it going <laughs> to Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Well, well uh, I don't know. I, I can... um. I can keep trying to shoot for the moon there and eventually I'll have it, it, nothing else. I know it's nothing else, but if this thing goes on long enough, I'm going to have Nunez on here. I might be 62 years old doing it, but boy, I'll be excited. And then what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> then I'll prove to him that the world's flat. Come on. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about some pri- your prior experiences, if you will. Okay. Uh, First thing I want to talk about is one that I had no idea about. I thought I knew about you, you know, being on Inked, I knew about with Art and Huntington. I did not know about 2009 being on Nitro Circus. Yeah, I did. Actually, at one point, I think I did up to, fuck, like seven or eight different shows, TV shows. Oh, wow. I was on, um, I was on Nitro Circus twice. What do you do Uh, there? Tattooing uh, people, tattooing them. Yep. Um, I was tattoo. A, uh, a, I tattooed Jolene. I tattooed Travis. I tattooed Street Bike Tommy. I, I think I tattooed almost all of, like all of them. Uh, what did you pro- put on Street Bike Tommy? He has the tramp stamp, doesn't he? No, uh, that's the other kid. That's a different one. Uh, that's a skier. Teddy Bear driving the big wheel in his armpit. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, shit, I've tattooed Travis fucking maybe nine, nine times. Oh, wow. I don't know, a bunch. And then I did, um, the life of Ryan. Uh, I did sunset tan life of Brian or life of Ryan life of Ryan. He was, uh, he was the young skateboard millionaire thing. He had his own little show on, um, Ryan Sheckler, Ryan Sheckler. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I did. 
I did one or two episodes on that. Um, we did uh, fuck. There was uh, we did Jersey Shore. We did. Who'd you tattoo there, Snooky or somebody? Snooky, yeah. Um, I did. Um, we were on the girls next door. We did. Um, when you're on these, are you getting FaceTime and lines too, or is it kind of just back of your head thing, or kind of that? Mostly that. A lot of the back of the mm-hmm. head. Say a couple of little things that are witty because it's not really about you. You know, you just you have to say yeah. something that leads into dialogue for them. You know. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, it was like, but it was just like kind of like a glimpse of being on there and, and stuff like that. You know. Was, and what I thought TV was like, you know, like, hey, they come in real quick. You know, they take this shot three or four times, getting a couple of different camera angles. They say the same thing or if they stumble over it and you try to make it look as most as natural as possible. You know, like that was the first time. It's like, you know, when you watch reality shows at first, and I was like, man, these camera guys are fucking like, you know, time travelers. Because how did they know to be at that angle to get into that door? Like, holy shit. You know, like, <laughs> oh, they fucking did it eight times you know yeah they reshot it yeah they're like that's really good we liked your energy but the lines were a little off can you try yeah so that's kind of like when i thought kind of tv was like that you know when i went to ink masters it was going to be just like that and you're like oh no that's not at all what it's like we weren't reshooting no no second chances well our uh, facial expressions and stuff like that or when we walked into the room you know those were all fucking shot awesomely which is still what i laugh at the canned ones, the ones where they're like hot, hot tuna fish sandwich on the subway. Oh, you you like what your neighbor's wearing, or you agree, <laughs> with, or you heard a funny, you know, or you no, don't. I think they kept me. I would always roll my eyes when we had to do reactions. Yeah, and I would just like, oh god, we got to do reactions. I roll my eyes. I just did it just now, and instead of my reaction to the hot fish sandwich or whatever, they just always did me rolling my eyes. Which wasn't even, you know, well, whatever. It wasn't what I thought they could use. You know, you yeah. just don't think about how they will use it. They use every second. Like, don't pick your nose. Yeah. Something there. It's going to end up on there as well. I can't say that. They probably nobody looks good picking their nose. So they probably don't put it on. Um, but Hart and Huntington was after 2009 Nitro Circus then. And possibly after the Ryan Sheckler show, too. Uh, well, well, the videos, the, the, the filming that we did, I don't think ever really aired. I think it did kind of air for a short time, but then you can't find it. For um, the TV series inked for right? the TV series. I think they, for the, it was like, it was for the third season. And I think we only shot like six episodes. Okay. And then it was going south at that point or something. Uh, the well, one- there was. A lot of like personal stuff that went on between the, you know, the owners and, and, you know, managers, like all the, all the higher above that was way above my pay grade to fucking understand or always be fully completed the conversation. But yeah, it was just, it got, it got real weird. And then it just got canned. We actually, um, so it was on, it was on, what the fuck was it on? It was, I don't know if it was on spite or it was on a and E or something like that, because what they did was instead of, doing shooting the six episodes that were done i think they just replaced it with like this uh a second um half hour of dog the bounty hunter okay (laughs) so none of the episodes that you as far as you know none of those episodes ever really aired that you shot they yeah i think they aired like once or twice as almost to see like a, a feel out and then that was it 
when you were going down there, you're in Florida now. You're from Detroit. Yeah. Where were you going out to Vegas from at the time? From Detroit. I, I moved straight okay. from Detroit to Vegas. Wow. So, uh, I mean, not that it's such a culture shock. They have every culture in the world in Vegas, so you should find your niche. But, um, what, I mean, you just uprooted your whole life to go be a part of a TV show that you're hoping, I'm guessing, is to be picked up. I'm sure you're hoping it's picked up season after season. But however you get there, it doesn't air. And I'm guessing, did you stay in Vegas? No, I had no care about being on the show. That had nothing to do with it. So at the time, as you know, like, so there was a lot of weird shit going on that was happening in Detroit at the time, especially like with the economy and everything like that. So um, we had, I had partnerships with Tom Renshaw and Jeff Shea. We had a shop that was on Woodward Mm -hmm. Avenue downtown. Um, uh, We had that shop for probably 10 years. And we had just got done remodeling again. I think we had probably, fuck, somewhere up to close to like 100 grand into this fucking place. Like, I was so proud of that shop, man. It was like, it was amazing. Like, everything about it was so fucking cool. Um, I mean, the shop itself had magazine articles about it, you know. It, it, it was right. it was, it was, was super rad, you know. And then being able to work with Jeff Shea and fucking alongside Tom Renshaw. I mean, dude, you're talking like OG fucking, you know, black and gray artists, uh. you know. Those are some serious shoulders to stand on, some serious elbows. Oh, to yeah. To be able to fucking walk next door into another room to see him fucking work and to catch that knowledge was fucking awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of got fucked out of that shop. Um, so the landlord basically ran us out um, to put a friend of his tattoo shop basically in there. Was and that around that time, 2008? Uh, fuck. No. This would have been back in 2005 or six, 2000. No. So we got, we lost the shop, I think in either 2005. Yeah. Before the housing market crash. I wasn't sure if it was residual from that. Like, so that's when it started going because, and it was, I mean, you're still talking at a time where like very select few areas would even entertain the idea of allowing a tattoo shop to be, either within that city or within their own establishment, you know? Right. Yeah. Tattooing was kind of popular and kind of publicly accepted, but not to a full degree. You know, people still didn't take it as a serious industry, you know? Um, so when we lost that, uh, we were out of work where it's basically the only income I had was like, we hit the tattoo circuit. Like, dude, I think that year I, I think I did like, 20 27 shows that year <laughs> that's no small feat you know like it, it was fucking ridiculous man like i i don't think i i was more living out of a fucking hotel than i was at home you know and we came home we found a shop um and like at this time like a lot of things were kind of like going into play like uh jeff had was going through a really bad divorce um, he had some really bad medical health issues to where, you know, um, his, he actually died a few times. Like it was crazy. So he owed like the, a lot of fucking money for keeping his ass alive in a couple of different States. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, I had bought a house, the market's kind of going down and my wife at the time, uh, was pregnant with our, my, our first child and like, uh, uh, had a death of a, a close family member. And all this at the same time, pretty much 
at the same time. And well, you're also not at home, right? You're traveling most yeah, of these days. All this stuff. And then I got, I remember. And so the first time with me traveling, uh, we're, we're at, we're, I forget where I was at. I was at some fucking, I think I was at a, either we stopped by someone's house that we were the guest spotting at, or I seen it on a fucking uh, hotel TV where I looked and this TV show came on about tattooing, but it, I looked at it and three of the sh- tattoos that they show were mine. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, what are they doing? Like, I'm not on no fucking show. And then I look, I'm like, oh, I tattooed that guy. Or I tattooed that girl. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's crazy. And uh, don't they, you're doing original pieces. And maybe this was before the laws of this thing were kind of getting hashed out. But they have some obligation to get your rights to those images. Well, because they were on the artist. But I mean, this is also back then. Like, I think they were learning about this stuff. You know, like there was really no understanding of copyright. tattoos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're talking, you know, this fuck, this is back in 2000, what, 2002, 2003 or four or something like that. Yeah. Far be- before Randy Orton uh, was sued or EA yeah. Sports was sued on the behalf of Randy Orton by the, yeah. his artist. Yeah. Long, long time ago. And so Joey had hit me up. I met Joey Hamilton uh through some mutual friends when i did a show down here in florida i think we were in south florida and um joey came down and something happened where like his booth partner um you know dipped out or he ended up like they didn't give him a booth or something like that so he didn't have a booth or a hotel room and so i was introduced to him and i was like you know my friends i said hey you vouch for this guy and they're like yeah he's super cool don't worry about it i was like all right well if you was he a suave when you met him then, as so he was, was when we meet him later. He was Joey Hollywood before he was ever Joey Hollywood. Like he <laughs> was who he is. You know what I'm saying? Like he mm-hmm. he loved that kind of uh I don't want to say materialistic, you know, like but he definitely liked uh But you mean materialistic. Yeah, but he, he <laughs> liked he definitely liked the label thing. Like he wanted you to know like doing good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yep. he was not he, not so much material, but yeah, that he's living as he wants yeah. yeah comfortably he he likes what he likes you know mm. um but he was super cool he was very respectful nothing really crazy but it was funny so like the first night uh he stays in our room dude he, he he ends up i don't know if he was just going through like a breakup or something like that but like he ended up going into the bar and tying one on like he was fucking hammer hammered like i've never once seen joey hammered bro he was annihilated <laughs> the room, he's fucking basically gets in the room he's fucking sleeping in the other bed and he starts like throwing up so like basically i had to like help take care of his ass um i'm like fucking like getting in the puke bucket the towel wiping his face dude it was fucking funny um pulling his hair out of his face like no, he, a, a bridesmaid on a wedding day no he was still slicky hair back then dude he, he was definitely fucking boy band fucking cute you know like that dude he was he was Is that part. some irony? Have you seen his NFTs then? The tattooed bums? No. No? They are... I, I, I described them yesterday um, to, to Jesse uh, as as like boy band NFTs. Just not even thinking, but that's kind of what they appeal to me as. And uh, they are kind of, you know? They're, they're awesome. I don't want to, you know, talk them down. They're fucking awesome. But, you know, they're Joey boy band style. <laughs> so, yeah, he was... Uh... He was super cool, you know, 
And like the next day, dude, I, I think I don't even think he fucking woke up till like three o'clock in the afternoon or something, you know. So like I went and got him some like food, brought it to him upstairs, like, hey man, you probably need this. And he's like, dude, I just want to say, like, dude, you don't even know me and you were fucking nice. And he's like, I, I I thank you for that, man. Just thanks for being cool. And I was like, Oh, dude, don't worry about it, man. I was like, Hey, they said you were cool people, that's all I needed, you know, because I considered them friends. If you're their friend, then hey, it is what it is, you know, like whatever you know like sometimes just we can got away from you you know that's what it is and he was just super cool man and we kind of stayed in touch uh talked a little bit and then he ended up out in vegas and when he was out there on the show he had brought my name up to those guys a couple of times okay and so they, i they reached out to me and it was like the timing was just really weird um so the shop that was there bad weird or or good weird both in a sense it does <laughs> it's just kind of weird like there was a lot of pros and cons to a lot of stuff so like uh you know i consider jeff to be not even just like a close friend like he was like my brother like jeff shea jeff shea that, yeah mm -hmm. and we were kind of having this weird falling out thing you know and you know me and him got into it um i'll keep that thing kind of personal you know no um you know, Jeff has passed on since then, you know, but before he died, we made our men's and we spoke our truth to each other. And so nice. I, I cement that crack, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it was like some weird shit that happened and played out. And I thought it was really fucking, you know, wrong of him to say. And, you know, a lot of friendships were lost in this whole transaction thing. And me having this baby, um, I was like, dude, I got to provide for a family. This is my first time being a dad. Mm -hmm. And so offered me to go out to vegas so like hey we'll fly you out here come out for a guest spot for and i wasn't told i was going out for the tv show i was just asking to come out and do a guest spot and i was like you know what fuck it i i need to get away and so i talked to my wife at the time uh about you know this opportunity to go to vegas she's like was well, it is what's it like tattooing in vegas i was like i don't know i've never fucking worked in vegas you know um she was like well if you think you can make money you know go out there and try and i was like hey they said i can make money so let's see what. So I go out there and dude, it was like the height of fucking everything. Like they were crushing it. Like it was okay. fucking insane. I mean, those prices then are nothing that you would even bat an eye at now because of just the difference of like how people are charging nowadays. But mm -hmm. back, it was like astronomical. Like you know, I come from an area to where we had like forty and sixty dollars shop, shop minimums. Right. Going out to Vegas to where. Like, dude, bottles of water were nine bucks, you know, like, fuck, <laughs> you know, it's like everything was expensive. It wasn't just tattooing. Like it was fucking Vegas, you know? Right. And, and people are there to get the tattoo in Vegas specifically. So you kind of have not really, I mean, not that they can't go get competition somewhere else, sometimes right across the street, but you kind of have them where they want, like it changes the supply and demand kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, dude, I, I crushed it. Dude, it was good. And then I came back home. I was like, hey, the fucking money's out there was really good. People were really cool. Vegas was, I mean, you know what it's like, dude. I was born and raised in fucking Detroit, you know. When you, you know, and you, you know, and a lot of times, most people like us, we never leave. You know, like mm -hmm. my whole grew up around two city blocks. You know, right. my still lives on those two same blocks. Like, I'm the one that fucking actually left the city to go look for something different, you know. Mm -hmm. So, well, Detroit's like, got just about everything you'd want, kind of. It, no, it wasn't if, if you live in there. I was looking to provide for my family. 
I couldn't right. give a shit. You know, like Detroit is always going to be home. So, you know, but even now, like no place really feels like home. It's just, you know, I'm going out there to work. I got miles to feed. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I got to do to supply and provide. But now out there in Vegas, money's, you, you can make more money, but it spends like water too, right? Exactly. Because, I mean, you're making more money, but you're also, you know, it's a lot more you're expensive. You're buying $9 waters. Yeah. And, but I still, for the first two years, it was amazing. Like we did good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so like when I went out there for the week, I came back home. Then it was like my friendship and partnership with Jeff ended, kind of uh, started. And then I had left the shop in the hands of some other people that ended up fucking me over. And so I was only supposed to, and I had rented the house, the house that I had lived in, uh, in Detroit. I rented it to a buddy of mine. And then I moved temporarily out to Vegas that we were going to go out there and work for like a couple of months. And, and this is with Hart and Huntington, right? Yeah, this is with Hart. So I was going to come back and like kind of set up, you know, be a little bit more established and more, you know, financially stable from what Detroit was kind of going through, you know? Yeah. Now let's talk about that for a minute. Cause I want to also, cause what maybe not everybody knows listening or an ink master fan is that you were rising through popularity of tattooing at the same time as well through the magazines and stuff that were that were running your your um artwork and your tattoos am i wrong yeah yeah so this would establish you and just continue on that course of uh of progression well, it's just like almost like using myself as a product and advertising myself, you know, just getting my artwork out there. Mm-hmm. And like this time, uh, moving out to Vegas, I've already had like, you know, a couple of books out. I had a shit ton of different sets of flash. I've done collaborations with a bunch of artists I looked up to. Um, you know, I've already had at that point, I've had already traveled, you know, a lot of a lot of the world. So I had a lot of different things, you know, kind of uh, that I could, you know, say that, you know, that the industry had brought me, you know. So I was pretty mm-hmm. proud of that. So this was just like, like you know, venturing into another part of the industry that I didn't, uh, that I have never looked into, you know. The entertainment aspect of the yeah, industry. The fact that, that you could, you know, it's like, you know. You know, being in a magazine, I thought was cool because that was sold around the world. Like, you're gonna find my artwork in a fucking, at a fucking, you know, newspaper stand in London. You know, I right. thought that it was mind blowing to me. I was like, holy shit, dude! Like, you know, when I the first time I went to Brazil, people knew who I was because of my artwork that was down there. You know, I, I just thought that was so. How does it blow your mind to imagine then at this point in your career that people will be watching your face possibly? for that amount of time is that what you're considering then too no moving to vegas i didn't i didn't look at it that way it was like the the tv thing didn't get sprung on me until i had already moved back out where i was renting to go back out there to be you know an employee for a couple of months um and then it basically is like a lot of shit fell through back home um we were doing really good and i was like you know what fuck it and uh, the, the guy who I had rented my house out to at the time basically fucked that all up. He fucked the house up. Uh, the market was so bad there. We basically just let the whole house go. We like, we sold oh, it man. off, let it go. It was like, look, short man, sale kind of stuff. Just basically the living out here is better. Um, the economy here is better. 
like we're doing so much better here. Let's just stay here. Right. <laughs> Any more attention that you have to spend at that point to the negatives in your life, you would rather just cut them, cut them off. Well, I had looked at it at the time where it's, if I went back home, I'd be moving backwards in my career. Like it would have been basically, I can't, you know, I couldn't be a, a father and travel like I was doing the year prior. You know, I just don't think I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a hands-on dad. I didn't want to be one of those guys. that's like, you know, but your yeah. popularity wasn't local. It was local, but it wasn't, it was also worldwide national. Yeah. So you, you had to travel. You can't, it's harder to ask people to come to you, I guess, pay your price and then, you know, fly out from wherever they're at. Well, you're, Whereas, you're at a different time. So, uh, back then, you know, being Detroit, the economy was pretty down. So a lot of the, you know, like all the fucking car companies were leaving, a lot of them were closing down and it became almost like this domino effect to where the market started crashing, you know, like, you know, the bigger businesses started raising the price because it was to them, it was a better write-off than to have anyone living there or, or, or renting there. And a lot of the guys that, you know, the blue collar working class, you know, guys that would come and get tattooed are losing their jobs, you know, because, you know, the guy who used to go down to the car wash doesn't get in his car wash as much. The guy who used to be able to do the lawn maintenance at this place ain't doing it because those guys who had the big three jobs don't have it to afford it. I have them. But It'd the be- people in Vegas. Yeah, but in Vegas, it's different. So if living in Detroit, like, there wasn't a whole lot for you to come visit and do in Detroit. You know, like you had the summertime, there's so much cool shit, but in the winter, no one's coming there. You know, yeah. you're not seeking anything out. Where when you go to a destination point, you know, like Vegas, like people come there all year round. From all different- let me give a little plug too. Then at the same time, because or well, like Orlando, I'm guessing, right? Because you're if, in Orlando now. If you look at it, when I lived in Detroit, I had to visit every part of the world. When I lived in Vegas, every part of the world come to visit me. Uh, yeah. So it made more sense to being able to stay put, work be at home around my family, be a, you know, a providing father, be, you know, an in-person father where whoever I would have normally flown, you know, to Australia to tattoo was coming to Australia on vacation anyway. And they would get tattooed while they were there. They're coming to Vegas. Yes. So it was easy. It just made more sense to me to like, well, fuck, why do I got to go to all these different parts of the world at different times of the world when every damn plane that lands, is just a potential client, you know, or someone yeah. that would, I would have seen at some point throughout the year. So instead of waiting one month out of the year, I can see them next week. So, so what changed in Vegas? What economy catch up there too, or is it just, you uh, got sick yeah. of the town? Dude. I, well, I was sick of the town probably after the third year. And then we were there. I think I lived in Vegas for eight years. Um, so I would say probably the first two to three years was really good. And then it just was like a downhill spiral. And then the economy hit Vegas fucking horrible. Like, like it fucking, it fucking. That's where everybody's expendable income goes. If we lose our expendable, expendable income, then Vegas goes too. Yeah. And dude, we felt it, you know, and because we didn't really have no one there that was like, you know, didn't really, there was like. Not a lot of, you know, like, cause I was trying to help take care of my family back home in Detroit. She was helped taking her care of her family back in Brazil. Like we were trying to like help supply different people all at the same time. 
And then on top of it, when the fucking, you know, the water gets shut off and you ain't getting but fucking drips, like you got to find other shit. And then that happened on top of just me not being a fan of Vegas. Um, the, the water got shut off. Well, I mean, yeah, it was just, conservation it was, efforts, you mean, or, or bills like water, like money flow. There was just okay. no, money yeah. to be made. you know, you know, like we went from doing like, you know, a hundred people standing in front of the door to get tattooed in the morning at 10 a.m. To where it's like, hey, man, no one even walked into the shop today. I'm like, we're in a fucking casino. Right. Like there's a, and everybody's hungry too. walking through who you're like, working with to the shop and you're just kind of, it kind of blew your mind to see how we went from one situation to a couple of years later to where it was like, dude, like did someone fucking lock the front door? Like where, <laughs> are, where are all the people at, you know, sagebrush and whistles, dude, it was crazy. You know, it's like you damn near almost had to have one of those flip signs out front to be like tattoos down here. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll tattoo you for money. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, I, I want out. Like, I need to get out of here. And then at the, and my wife at the time gave me the option of being able to move anywhere I wanted as long as it didn't snow. Because she was, <laughs> she, did not, she, did not she, she was back. from Brazil, right? Yeah. She did not want to come back to Detroit and she didn't want to move back to Brazil. Yeah. So I was like, well, fuck, that leaves, you know, California or Florida, you know, right. and at the I did shows in Florida and I had did good, you know, and I did shows in California and did good, but there was no way I was going to move to Texas and Texas still gets snow, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we looked at it like, well, fuck in California at the time, you also got to look at the economy, you know, like it's expensive to live in California and everywhere that I would want to live to raise a family in California, I could have never afforded. And everywhere I could have afforded, I would have never wanted to live and raise a family. Right. So like you looked at it like, well, Florida it is. It's basically Vegas for kids. Everyone now, Florida had another thing too, because Walt Disney's from there and uh or Disney, excuse me. And you've always been a huge fan. Am I wrong about that? No, that's yeah. Okay. I mean, my childhood dream was to be an animator. So I looked at it like, but you also you got Universal Studios here, you got the beaches here. It was mm -hmm. just like Vegas. But so instead of going to Vegas as adults, spending your money on gambling, you basically went to Disney and Universal and spent your money on your family. So I looked at right. it like it's another world destination. I don't have to go back on the road to tour all these places. I can go to another place that is more cheaper to live. There's still economy going on there because people will still try to provide for their families as opposed to just building themselves selfishly. So it was, you know, easier for me to go and decide to move to Florida. So we moved cross country all the way down to Florida. So I started... I think I was here for like maybe three or four months before I got the call to do Ink Master. Oh, is that you? I, I had the impression that you had already been set up for some time mm -mm. Uh, in Florida. I, I, basically, I, I basically landed in Florida in a couple of months and having my daughter at the time. So my daughter was basically fucking brand new. Uh -huh. And I got that phone call and I, I want to say it was like, I, I missed, I, I think I was like her second birthday or I missed. Yeah. I missed, I missed her like second birthday being at the show. Fuck. How'd that hit you? Oh, bad. Well, I mean, it, it, as everyone's, if anyone's a fan of ink master watching on our season, you, you would have seen like, so when I, when I told, you know, people that I was going on TV as like, you know, living on set, 
And the first thing that everyone said was like, dude, I watched those other episodes. You better not be no bitch and cry on TV. And I was like, dude, it's tattooing. What the fuck do I got? <laughs> and it was fun. So like, I remember coming home the day I flew home uh, from back from being on Ink Master. It was like, someone goes, did you cry? And I go, fucking, you know what? I did. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. But you got to hear why though first. And I was right. like, I can explain but I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be on no TV crying. I'm like, we draw fucking pictures for a living. What what the fuck do I got to complain about? And then they're like, oh, okay, we'll find a way. And so yeah. that was kind of jumping back into like where we had talked previously in the earlier part of the conversation about like where they would ask me to kind of almost be, you know, like a big brother. You know, I don't know if it was like me just trying to find a vulnerable point for them or just kind of help, you know, talk to them down the ledge. So they can actually get words out of people. Um, but there was a it, lot of kumbaya that they kept uh, um, putting. I don't know if they put it on your shoulders so much, but I felt like it was kind of levied at you. They would keep on saying, man, you guys are so kumbaya. You're nothing like last season. Well, that was the thing. It was like, they would tell me to quit fucking doing these fucking big brother talks. Cause they would pull me aside and be like, Hey, just so you know, like, why, why would you fucking help them with that drawing? Why are you giving them drawing lessons? They're trying to take your money. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you're over there helping such and such with their drawing. Why would you do that? Because you're here to compete for $100,000. You're going to help them steal your money? And I'm like, <laughs> no. That is an artist that I would sit there and be like, if they seen something that would help me out, I would like to compete against a really good tattoo. That's what this is about, right? And they would always constantly say that. And then, you know, the things with the food that was like, do you remember? So we we actually, I, I, I did make a complaint about you. And I don't know if you ever heard about this. Mm, I don't I don't think so, no. Um, So me and Craig, we were the, I think we were the only two in the house that didn't drink. And so we didn't drink and I had the dairy allergy. And so mm. almost. Every time my food would either one of my meals a day would always have dairy on it. And we had asked for a Perrier water. And the remember how we used to have that little paper on the fridge that we'd have to write what we wanted on and they would try to get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you guys had an alcohol list and there was the food list. And so we, me and Craig would always put on there like sparkle water, like Perrier. Right. Because like, having just the same bottle of water is like, fuck just flavor. You know, we could have put Kool-Aid on there and it was like, we were drinking enough fucking Red Bull every day that it was right. like my stomach was getting wrecked. And I felt like I was, you know, losing brain cells. You know, did I love we, Perrier water since then? It, it's the most bougie thing I probably do. But I'm drinking so one they, right now, they wouldn't get us. They told us they wouldn't get us Perrier water because it was too expensive. Uh -huh. And I said, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, we're asking for Perrier water. It's just bubble fucking water and you won't get it. I'm like, you have, we had that fridge up there. Jägermeister thing up there. Or was but, that in the next season? I think, was it, you asked for tequila or you asked for something specific and they would get it for yeah. you. It was like tequila. Yeah, I was, I was going after, I don't think it was Patron. I think it was Don Julio back then. Okay, yeah. So you asked for a bottle. And I remember you getting two bottles before. Like you had ordered twice and you've gotten yeah. it twice. And yeah, I, said, I, I went there planning almost to be wrecked. I actually, the very first challenge, I had uh, two of those airplane Jack Daniels. 
so, in, in my this, coat. But this is what they told me. I go, are you fucking serious? I'm like, you can give fucking, you can give Kyle a fucking bottle of tequila every time he fucking asks for it, but you can't get us fucking sparkle water. And they go, well, if your sparkle water will give me the same energy that it does for fucking Kyle, I'll fucking get you a case of it. I was like, you motherfuckers. I was like, bullshit. <laughs> and so we were fit about it. And I was like, I'm, and we got pissed. And then fucking we started getting fucking sparkle water. And it was funny because like everyone started drinking it. We're like, dude, man, you fucking. You <laughs> We're all hogging. The, I had no idea how good it was. <laughs> Never had sparkle water before you ordered yeah. it. We got, we, we, me and Craig got fucking Perrier because of fucking, we, I bitched about you fucking getting bottles of fucking tequila. Did you ever see, uh, well, I'm glad it worked out for you. Uh, did you ever see the movie Heathers? Uh, probably a long time ago. I think. Winona Ryder and um, I forget his name, Christian Slater. Uh, at one point, they framed two kids that they had killed to uh, to the center and the quarterback of the high school football team of being homosexual and getting involved in a suicide pact so that they could cover up this this killing that they had done of them. And when they were going through the evidence, they were like, no way, all the cops, you know, in this small town, like, no way, I can't believe that the center was doinking the quarterback, you know, that's crazy. But they had this Perrier water with them. So obviously. <laughs> all right. Completely off point. But that's why I named it this. Back back to uh, the show, if you don't mind. And, yeah. and because it wasn't your I saw from season three. Uh, this awesome and you drove it for the most part i still say that to anybody i talk to this idea of integrity of winning at your best the same thing you just mentioned moments ago uh that you know if you help somebody else do something it didn't matter to you because you still expected your tattoo to be the best otherwise why fucking win you wanted the integrity of the ink master title not the title right then season four occurs for me and there were alliances and I get to see it kind of back. And there was this, the production got better. Like the producers, they paid them more or whatever because they were better about getting in your head and, and working angles and getting people to have alliances. Mm -hmm. Now you come back on season seven. Yeah. Did you feel completely out of sort? Like you go in thinking, oh, it's going to be like season three, good hearted bunch of artists trying to do their best competing against each other to sharpen their skills and see where they're at. And then what happens? So again, like every season became something different and what you witness kind of throughout the evolution of the seasons as they go along, you know, like, again, like this season you came back in on four, you started hearing about these weird alliances. To me, mm. that word alliances became the throw the person under the buck, under the bus kind of fucking phrase. Like, you know, we were always like, dude, you threw me under the bus. Oh, you threw me under the bus. Oh, you threw her under the bus. Oh, she right. threw you us. season you know, seven you're saying you got an so, alliance with the so-and-so you got an alliance with the so-and-so and so like when i came in uh you know that like you kind of get kind of a heads up of like who's there and what's going on or what's that you know and then it was like all right so it's going to be past people coming back against these you know these other uh younger artists you know so it was kind of almost like they had this generational thing of um almost a modern tattooer day or like people who've already you know 
been on the show past past competitors as opposed to the new ones that are on there now. So it was already had like this kind of like divided territory thing. But then you get there and they're like, I think they've heard this word so much that it became ingrained into their conversation to where they kept using the word alliances, alliances, alliances. And I said, well, hold on, let me pause you real quick. I don't give a fuck. I, I, if you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. I, I will sit down and I was still on season seven. I sat down every night and I drew with everybody. I remember drawing with Anthony Michaels all fucking the time. You know, I remember sitting there, you know, me like, trying to get clean to do a set of flash with me when we were on there. Like I was, you know, like in me and fucking James drew, you know, he was, was that going to take you back to uh, the flash tattoo magazine days when it was you and clean in the back of them all the time. Uh, clean. No, see, you, you see every like clean came a little bit after. Okay. Um, clean, clean. I would say clean was kind of like how he came in. Maybe like a year or two after he really started getting like his super style together. Um, I the flash days that I remember, it wasn't really like I remember looking at like Vinnie Myers, Eddie Deutsch. Um, you know, you had Frank Lee, uh, Greg Irons. There was, uh, you know, like, another, like a lot of the, you know, other artists from like in Europe, you know, like Bernie Luther. Um, that's back when, like, remember when Guy Atchison was doing like, yeah. all that? Stuff as soon as you said Bernie Luther, that's the, the name that I thought of was Guy Atchison. Yeah. And then you had all the guys from like New School. Um, yeah. you, you know, like Jeff Zuck, you know, Sean Peters, mm-hmm. you know. Randy Muller, you know, like those guys, there was like this whole weird thing of, of like different flavors of like tattooing. So when you looked at magazines, I remember like there was the gunner, you know, there was, you know, like Derb, you know, there was, there was people doing this different stuff, you know, and uh, oh shit, what was that guy's name from Ohio? Um, Not Brian Brenner? Not Brian Brenner. Um, I'm gonna space his name. I apologize. It's it's you know I'm an old man. My brain doesn't always work. It'll probably hit me right. as soon as. Um, but they were doing like all these like weird stuff. It was really cool shit. You know, just different than the normal like straight up like flash type images you've seen. You know, mm-hmm. and so I remember being in magazines along with those guys. But then there was this birth of styles. Like, I remember when I started tattooing, there was no styles. You wanted color or you didn't. There wasn't really like, hey, can you do a portrait? You know, it was almost like, do this likeness or can you do this tattoo of my parent or of my dog? It was, you know, then I remembered in like the late, you know, mid, mid 90s was when really kind of like uh, hearing like, the word styles of tattooing, you know, you had like this biomechanical style, this space style, there was new school, there was, you know, realism, then there was colored realism, you know, before Dino Cook, there was Cap Zamunsky, you know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, Zamunsky became Dino, then Nico, you know, grabbed the torch from Dino, you know, like, and there was like all this different stuff of like watching this color realism really come into light. And I'm sure there's even before Cap, you know, people were doing, you know, crazy you know, photorealism stuff, you know? And, you know, I remember when hearing the old guys make fun of Jack Rudy because he did single needle line work, you know? Like, he's like, oh, they're already doing that fainted out tattoo shit where, you know, one good summer, it's not going to last. I remember hearing that. And then I remember <laughs> yeah. the first, the, the second convention I did, uh, 
Jack comes into my booth and he's standing over my shoulder and he was like, Oh, you're already going to just tattoo a blown out line. He's like, fuck, you're just, you're just going ahead and speeding up the years on that shit. Huh? He's like, my tattoos are fucking thinner than the fucking line work you got on that fucking shit. You know, it was, it was funny. Just and I was beating like, you up about it. Dude, it was, it was amazing. I was so happy. I couldn't have been more proud. I was like, <laughs> fucking Jack Rudy's fucking rasping me about fucking thick lines. I was like, fuck yeah. Um, but like, you know, and then hearing like that kind of, you know, hearing that word of like that birth of the tree branch of styles that kind of just, you know, now people specialized in specific kind of things, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, one of the, it, it was probably kind of new for the whole industry is back in the day. It was more about uh, what it was more about the famine kind of days of Vegas that you were describing where you're like, no, if it comes to the door, I'm going to put it in the chair and i'm gonna tattoo it well, that's fuck what, what style it is i'm a tattooer before i'm a tattoo artist mm. you know like i understood like you know that's how i was raised and taught and so being raised in that area and that generation of like when we would go to conventions or we would go do guest spots that was me seeking out knowledge that was me getting an opportunity from like almost working under the same roof as my peers you know these are the people that i would look at in magazines or you know, hear about through, you know, some traveler that had a, a tattoo from them, you know, um, just being able to walk and be like, oh, who did that? Let me check that out. Go to a convention, be like, oh, dude, you're, you know, what machines are you using? What are you tuning it to? You know, like, what mm-hmm. history, how are you mixing them? You know, it was like this shared thing. So that's how I, it was. I was raised in the industry. So going on to this show, I didn't necessarily, I didn't look at it as competitor. I look at it as like healthy competitive because when I went to a convention, I didn't, you know, if you won, it was because you did the better tattoo. Like, I didn't right. care. I, I was proud of you because it was like, holy fuck, look at that tattoo. Dude, I did not see that. You know, I didn't see anything like that ever come out of my shop because no one tattoos that way. Mm-hmm. So I was proud to see that shit. So when well, if, the- if you get beat, I, sometimes I hear people not understand competition to the point that they will say, did you see that terrible piece of fucking beat me out? And just from that sentence, without knowing anything else, a third party, a fourth party listening or hearing that, what they hear is that you did a shitty tattoo, you know, because your tattoo got beat by something that you don't even have respect for, where I would much rather say, oh my God, the piece that beat me. Exactly. And so that's what go on the show. I mean, if I seen someone that I could help out with, like help them out, man, because regardless of how you've had an off day, you know, mm-hmm. you're not the pays for that off day. Your clients pay for that off day. That that thing that you marked on them, there's no eraser. You know, so it's like trying to be perfect every single day. That's a stressful fucking feeling to carry. You know, so you're still doing the drawing sessions with everybody in season seven. Yeah. And you're you're feeling still this you hear the word alliances, but now it's become the dog whistle or the um the throw them throw them to the wolf. No, the throw them yeah. under the bus. Yeah. I've heard, there was I, I did hear quite a bit of this this whole like wolf pack thing or throw this wolves. So it was like there was always like this every season I think has its own like key phrase that you hear it numerous times, you know, or each person I think almost has like a key phrase as well that they kind of like repeat a few more times to almost have like your catchphrase. Okay. If it, yeah, I, I wish I had come up with one, but I guess rolling my eyes was one. Yeah, you know, that could have been the thing that you did, you know. I like Ollie's. Ollie's was that tongue is driving me nuts. Yeah. You know, like each season has, I think I, I, there was a thing that it had me saying, um, 
pack your shit and go home. I think they had me say that like six times throughout. Yeah, ask the- you to say it too, you mean? Or well, they just me, edited it? Like me saying it. But it was actually only said once. And I was saying it about myself. So the first episode we did. <laughs> and right. The, the tattoo that I, I did the uh, the piston on that guy's wrist because we were given like a single needle, one machine, and that's all we could do. That's all we were allowed to do was that single needle, all the shading, all the lining, everything. And we had to draw it on. We were given stencil paper, but we didn't have no thermal facts, no copy, no nothing. Right. And the guy who was ended up being my canvas, he asked for a Rolex watch. I was like, what? He's like, a Rolex watch. I was like, dude, we have an hour to tattoo. I'm like, I can't do that. I I cannot do that tattoo on you. I'm like, dude, if you got anything, you know, I'm like, it's, it's like the face. And I don't even know if we have enough time for me to do that. I'm like, I have to draw this on all these circles and these lines and these Roman numerals, like, and then stencil that on you. And then color. I'm like, I don't know if I can get that done in an hour. And 60 fucking little itty bitty perfectly spaced dots. And then, but, and then the band to go around his wrist. Right. In the second hand, because it ain't no Rolex unless you got a second hand. Right. And then he goes, well, if it's that much detail, he's like, go ahead and just leave the crown out. And I was like, (laughs) if I got anything from this fucking tattoo, it would only be the fucking crown. And then finally, He kept dragging on, dragging on, and he finally, I was like, dude, I figured out, he said he liked cars, and he let me do the piston. I did that fucking piston in like 10 minutes. With a single needle? With a single needle. I would dare say you're probably one of the most proficient tattoo artists I've seen. (laughs) There's some notable ones, but you are definitely, and your ability to draw, and you're like, you'll pick up a pen, it's better for you, I I think, probably if you were doing a consult and it was like right now, you know, to have a pen in your hand because you're going to sketch something up for them 10 or 12 different ways with changes and then finish it. You you did my new school <laughs> bird. And the only thing that um, I really changed about it was I fucked it up by giving it bigger wings so it could fit Tony Kundal's idea of power. <laughs> <laughs> Like I looked at it, like I was drawing it and I came by and I was like, dude, new school. That's not my thing so much. What can you tell me about what I got going on here? And you picked up a pencil and you're like, well, you know, something like like this, that much time, literally as much time as I just fucking said. And you had my, like, it was fantastic. I'm like, you fuck it. Except that then I say, well, the wings got to be big though. Right. Cause Tony Kundal wants big, powerful wings. I'm already fucked here. And uh, yeah, that was the one change I did. Made the wings big and they sucked and didn't have enough time to do the fire. And so he hated that too. Yeah. Anyways, that I would, I would be curious how much you associate from your own, your rise in tattooing was obviously by the tattoos you did, but also from the artwork and the uniqueness of it. But also that was easier to to be disseminated i guess because of the amount of it do you you follow me there like if if you got an artist and he does five pieces and they're like jaw-dropping inspiring time-changing like people might want to emulate them 
but they never see them, then of course it doesn't, nothing changes. But one way to make sure that, that those five pieces that anybody might remember get seen is when you're like yourself, you have a thousand pieces. You're always churning out art on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, I think I what guess, it is, I think I was just lucky. I don't want I mean, I guess in a sense, I just got ahead to say, I think I was lucky enough to be introduced into the industry at a time that allowed me to be a part of a different movement and different accepting of different styles in this industry that allowed me to build my name up. Um, okay. Cause I think with, with the, I mean, with every year you turn around, I mean, there's so many new, new amazing artists coming in that it's just like mind blowing, you know, and you know, you know, I, I, I relate tattooing a lot of times when I talk to people about it is, is to music. I'm like, you know, you got to figure back in the old days, there was, you know, one, one style of music. Then there was just two different styles of music. And then there was probably only four different styles of music. And nowadays, when you talk about a band or a genre, you're like, if you said, hey, I like I like punk rock. Or I like country music or I like rap. Yeah. People, what year punk rock are we talking? 74 yeah. or are we talking 80 or, or even 2000s? Yeah. Way different. Yeah. You got to give me an example of three or four bands so I know what you consider to be that genre of music. You know, so like when people nowadays, when I when I say, yeah, I do new school, and they're like, well, what kind? You know, yeah. that's like, oh, I do heavy metal. But what kind of heavy metal? You know, there it's so there, when, when I Hungarian got throat what, singing. Yeah. So when I got into tattooing at that time, I think it really allowed me to stand apart. And, and allow my artwork to help build my name where nowadays, you know, back when I wanted to be known, it's like you had to do something so different, so unique, so different from what everyone else is doing for someone to catch on to your name. Nowadays, if you don't tattoo exactly like everyone else, no one gives a fuck who you are. Like now, if you don't look down underneath your fucking whatever social media that you're on, and see what the hashtag or the fucking name is, most of the time you don't know who did it. I mean, there's still a handful of people who really have a unique style that stand out in their genre of, of style of tattooing. But most of the time, like, dude, everyone's doing the exact same, you know, crackerjack grab bag box of fucking tattooing, you know? And that's like how you're only known is if you do that thing, you know? And so I me, I think I was lucky enough to where... I was I came into the industry where being different allowed me to have an ability to, to create a name as opposed to like if I tried coming in now in the industry now as new school and new school. I don't mm -hmm. think I'm probably nowhere near fucking uh, the, the name I am today. So you think new school is also broken up into several different categories oh, now you have you have the ability towards like you're doing you know, neo-traditional can almost be fucking argued as new school. You I, have, yeah, I've kind of view it as a, as a, not a genre, but a byproduct of, or, or another yeah. evo evolution of. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you know rap country music, you know, uh, to me, that's like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like looking at like Timmy B or you're looking at like Kaylee Doty, you know, they're doing like this fine line, almost realistic style application, of but new uh, animated new drawings. Mm -hmm. you know, and then you look at 
you know, this, you know, this art nouveau of this neo-traditional stuff now where it's like you're lining like tribal, but your application is very illustrative. It's very almost like traditional. Yeah. It's like one big field of red, you know, with 3% width shading of black, you know? And it's, so it's like, you almost have these like mashups of styles. So you have to give almost like names and photos to almost describe what genre you're talking about. So the other person is on the same page or ask them, how long have you been tattooing? So I know to give you a name reference to go off of, you know? Yeah. And well, the reason so I was really asking you about the many different of new schools, I know that, that Troy is always looking, uh, Troy Temple is always looking for new categories to give people awards uh, in. So I thought maybe we'd come up with about 30 more. Dude, I, I, I think he needs to chill the fuck out. I think he's, oh, yeah. I think he's getting lost in his own, his own world, man. Um, well, I've seen, he, I've seen a lot of his gears working on that. And I, at least on, on the um, awards. And one thing that I've seen over and over is um, just tattoo artists love shiny pieces of plastic. Like if you tell them there's a chance to get a $10 trophy, uh, they will line up, pay you money for it, you know? Yeah, but I mean, isn't Troy still doing like the fucking like number five tattoo of the day or number five tattoo of this category? No, no I think that's gone along. No, I believe uh, it, he does do a color and a black and gray best of yeah, best of day. And he, he may do a second place or possibly a third place best of day. Yeah, but no, I think at a certain point, like we're getting oh. away all right, so I'm mistaken. He he goes to fifth place. Okay, so that's like <laughs> trophy. That's a participation. I could not uh dis I've had somebody who won a fifth place award for me and I did not I what I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah, you showed up for the soccer game. That's what you did. <laughs> right. So I didn't I didn't want it. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to be better than that, but I do have Actually, at one point, you begin to realize, right, that it barely even put anybody else in your chair. Well, I mean, again, I think it comes down to like. I remember when it wasn't about trophy chasing, you know, like you got you got people now that are like they're only fucking doing certain shows like <laughs> all fucking. Or like they could give. Well, a I love those people. Some of them, this is a new category of of them that I'm seeing out. And some of them are trying to escape war torn places in the world, and so by winning awards, they have something they can put on their application for for citizen status. This, I mean, I'm pretty positive of that. Like that's a thing. That's like a real s. Yeah, I mean, I. Right. I feel right. I feel like hmm, all about that. Right. Just like certainly not against it. Right. I I'm mean, definitely I, happy about anybody having a chance to improve their life. But what a unique I'm one of that. Fucking statement. Um, it's it, me hearing people that post that I'm an award winning artist. Is I mean, I don't know how how many of the people are going to understand this, this, uh, this scenario or this, you know, example, but me seeing people who post post like award-winning artists was equivalent to the same way that if you could order from Spalding and Rogers tattoo artist t-shirt. <laughs> oh, like, I thought you were going to say and get the certification when you bought yeah, the full yeah, set. You, 
you got the certificate, you got the T-shirt, so now you are it. You yeah, know, it's like, I'm you would order, order their power supply and tattoo machine, and it came with a certification. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's exactly it. You know, it's like being an award-winning artist. Yeah. Like, I'd rather someone be like, "Yo, I'm solid as fuck. I'm a solid as yeah. fuck." You know, there is going to be someone better than me, but I guarantee you, I'm going to give you my 100% all. Like, that's who the fuck I am. You know, like, yeah. you can trust that guy. Fucking, I'm asking you, isn't what you won the award on? You know, maybe you know, it's like, like a lot of that shit just yeah. seems kind of pretty, pretty weird, you know? Got best lettering. Can you do a portrait? Yeah. The, the, um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I kind of get lost in that. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> wherever i end up with with i eventually i feel like i realize that me chasing it was really just a failing of of finding worth in myself right like <laughs> i i have more of a desire now to try and tattoo richard branson in space or, or jeff bezos or elon either or fucking anybody i have more of a desire now to try and tattoo somebody in space despite not really do you think it would work Without gravity, they're still mescule, right. but mescule changes without gravity. So it could just stay in the tube and blood comes out pressured from the body. <laughs> right? Like, what do you do? Can you tattoo? Like, I'm sure that cuts and blood type things are a severe, like, they're, they're like a major protocol inside of that environment. Right. So. Yeah. Anyways, yes, help me figure it out, man. Let's tattoo on, on, on the moon. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know if I'm smart enough to fucking comprehend shit like that yet. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't Hey, um, I mean, but yeah. I'm sure there's, I mean, there's always a will. There's a way you can find it. I mean, fuck, if you can make it to space, I'm pretty sure you can find a way to make a permanent mark, you know? They've also now made uh, bandages with tattoos on them, painless bandages that you put on your body and you will receive a tattoo. Jesus fuck. Now these are just in the medical practice, right? Uh to help people track different things on their body, like a, a growth or, or a tumor or something, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, but my my I'm curious how long it takes till someone's like, oh, if we can print, I think what they are is like frozen ink needles to somehow saturate your skin there. But if we could print this fucking landscape of this stupid ass thing that chat gi or you know fusion generator just generated for us we can put it on a bandage now from a printer and then just put that on your skin well, I mean, sleeve done to, to almost 3d print skin cells so if you found a way to that you can regenerate tissue i don't think there's no problem that you couldn't find a way to dye it and it would just be a matter of time of finding a programmer to fucking write code that would achieve <laughs> like different dyes. So what we're saying is we're going to be obsolete. Oh, let me <laughs> possibly be, be, we already are by the competition that coming on ink master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we might be obsolete before our technical ability has even left us. Like I was thinking that I would tattoo until, well, honestly, it feels like it's this week. Uh, but, but till my neck couldn't crane out to check my line work anymore. And um, and now it might be that I'm actually replaced by technology before my technical ability is gone. <laughs> yeah, what who, to do? 
and I'm I'm gonna do it until I just can't no more because I don't fucking know what else to do, and I I don't. Aside I like that. What I what the the thing that I'm most passionate about is it's it. I mean, there's shit that I like, but there's not. I mean, there's one of those things that I just I I really can't see not doing. You know. Yeah. I follow. I, I actually I don't know that I do follow. I've been going through it this week. I'm. Uh, I mean, just on a personal note, and I don't want to spend much time on it because it's one of those things that I just walk with all the time. But I honestly am having a hard time finding inspiration for tattoos. But that's all right, though. Dude, since mm -hmm. our, you started your career, there's been points to where, yeah. you know, almost fall like on this, like this, this, like uh, this blanket that gets thrown over you to where, you know, creativity, productivity, and inspiration just seemed to kind of be thrown into the shadows. And, a lot know, of inspiration. It, At this point, it feels like when I show people my artwork and the things that I am excited about, that they are a change from anything that they're used to me seeing doing, which is generally abstract or possibly what I guess we would call bioorganica. But um, nobody's, they're just like, oh, that's cool. Let me tell you about my, I wanted to get this. I literally got a landscape from a dude that I was consulting with on, and I know it made me think of you immediately because didn't I give you that? Or no, it was a, it was little Jason Clay Dunn that gave you the fucking Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah. But but this uh, and what a I'm sorry if you're listening, but what a dumb fucking tattoo, whoever it is. But so somebody we were well, talking she, about tattoo ideas in my email, going back and forth, trying to figure out what we're going to do on the show and Ted, or you know, at the upcoming convention and um. Uh, the tattoo that he wanted me to work on was one that I find to be impossible to work on. Like it is a bear claw and inside of the, or the bear paw shape is what it is. And uh -huh. inside of that bear paw is the face of a bear that we've seen Google a million times. It's the one from a video game. It's the angry bear. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you see a portrait of a bear that's angry, it is this bear. Um, except now it's only done in so the negative spaces are missing. Do you follow me? So it's just the paw print yeah. from a distance. You're like, it's a paw print. You get up close, you're like, oh, there's a bear in that paw print. It's like it's an open paw print over your skin, and I see the bear underneath your skin. And you're like, okay, cool. Now he wants to do something around or with that. You know, no, you fucking ruined your arm, dude. You can't never get tattooed again. Like that is what that is. I, like I don't know the solution to that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's like a tear out. It's pretty much the rest of your arms tear out. If you put too much tattoo going towards the tear out, now the tear out don't make no sense. It's like is it fabric going across the old tattoo? <laughs> so the similar thing. I'm like, eh, that tattoo don't work. And so he's like, well, I, was, I also I love you know, my camping ground up north or whatever, that's like my spot, man. And he sends me just a random ass picture of a fucking river bend. No discerning land landmark anywhere <laughs> there. It's just like some over, overgrown grass and a fucking bit of a river. And I'm yeah. like, I'm sure it's a great fishing hole, man. But I am, I am just losing it for finding inspiration, which really, I like I I, I I even now I recognize that I because I wrote him off. I pretty much just like, yeah, we ain't seeing it, man. Yeah. I'm just gonna like I don't know. I'll just try and put somebody in the chair. I'll fish for people all weekend, put in the chair it, rather yeah. than try and figure out the stupid tattoo. What I should have done though is like, oh, you probably like fish. It's a river, and then done a fishing tattoo. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, right now I feel like an idiot. 
because <laughs> in my depression, I was just like, ah, fuck it. You know, just you could like a, you know, one of those like wildlife shirts is like, oh, we could do a bear, bear claw, but then we could do it like, you know, a, you know, like, you know, <laughs> fish inside of the bear claw. Yeah. I know that he would get, send this one back. Hey, how about if we do the bear claw? Then I like where you're going with this. But we do the bear claw and we put that river scene that I found from my campground in the middle of that. <laughs> well, you just, I mean, what you tell them is that there's not enough solid subject matter. Would you look at, I mean, the easiest thing to explain to somebody is that there is no reason the background should overpower the foreground. If what you're handing me is just nothing but background, I can't make that a focal point. It's like someone saying, here's the photo of the sky. Make this my arm. You're like, there is nothing. <laughs> it's just that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, I'd be like, dude, I really like the sky. What do you like about yeah. your campground? I like, like the night sky the most, really. When I look yeah. up at the night sky, oh, well, make yeah. that a tattoo. You know, it's hard to capture your 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 memories. Like your memory of that photo spot is of other things going on in that photo spot. Yeah, because and a you, lot that can't be captured. Or shit. More importantly, for me, I believe the tattoo should be able to share whatever emotion with the person that's viewing it that you feel for that there's absolutely yeah. no love anybody has for some it, even if i could do it to where you're like yeah i can tell that is one tuft of grass and that's another tuft of grass and it's over a bank and there's some water there yeah it's fucking hell man it's gonna be hell anyways aside from that i'm getting way boring brother excuse me for that Let, let's get to some uh, reddit questions that people have, have wrote in to ask you if you don't mind okay uh victor arandajo Arundaho. I don't know if I'm saying that right. 96. Uh, forgive me for my terrible pronunciation. I cannot roll ours for the life of me. Uh, but he asks, do you still dislike Josh or you make peace with him? Um, I've never, I've never really spoken to him after it, you know, and it really, really I wasn't the only one who disliked him. I think there was more people who <laughs> had, bigger problems with him and hated him way more on that show than I did. I just think that my lines were a lot more funnier and wittier and less. They got picked up less threatening that they could have aired. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause some people were really going after him like personally. Well, I mean, I, 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 obviously I don't want to name names cause I don't know how they, but they were, they would make uh, dispersions about many levels of his character. Well, I mean, the thing is, I tell people, is like, so Josh wasn't there. I mean, when with the first thing he said when we got there, he was like, I'm only here to further my acting career. And I thought that was a really odd thing to hear someone say. And then he would be super nice to you in person and then, like, be this complete different person when cameras are on. And I remember asking, like, dude, why are you doing that, man? And he uh -huh. goes, dude, drama. He's like, everyone remembers the bad guy. And I go, well, dude. <laughs> strategic move i get it and you're probably right but that's who everyone thinks you're going to be who you are right you just keep what doing about, it he calls out um mike at one point who, who actually uh mystical who we i found I've, I've had him on the show i've had both these guys on the show and found out quite a lot more about them and what they were going through to kind of give me some perspective on their two unique positions but he goes after mike at one point kind of claiming i don't know if you're here for the right reasons yeah, yeah meanwhile he's explaining that he's he's only there to further his acting career yeah he actually was bragging about taking acting lessons um 
Yeah, it was it was mm-hmm. just weird. Kind of caught me. I remember life. watching him. Uh, there was a, a a producer there who kind of had. She was kind of the frumpier one. She she kinky curly hair, kind of a jowl thing going on that looked like a catfish or something. But um, she he was talking to her at one point walking around when we weren't filming at all, and she was almost seemingly like I don't know if she was bothered. She definitely was entertaining him though. Oh no, but they, they it, he, and he. He was talking about uh, he was he was pitching a show with him like John Tafferty coming in and telling people that they're fucking up tattoos and stuff. Yeah, which was basically what already what Joey was doing and uh, was it tattoo re- or tattooed? Yeah, yeah. Just like- what, what was it? Tat- it wasn't tattoo redo, was it? It was no, tattoo wasn't- wars or no? Ah, um, oh, fuck. Joey tattoo. Yeah, I should get yeah. him on here. Yeah, but um, can't remember the show. Mm-hmm. Remember. Josh was saying something and he was in the hallway and he fucking just talked down to one of these producers. And she literally told him, she's like, I don't know if you heard it, but he was, he was like walking away. Like he kind of stuck his middle finger up and he was like walking away. Mm -hmm. And she said that if other people were not on the plane on your way home, when you get kicked out, I hope it would fucking crash. And I was like, holy, (laughs) holy fuck. I was like, if there was, if you were the only person on that plane, she hoped it fucking crashed. And the only reason she did not because other people are on it. I was like, what kind of hatred or things got to go so bad that right. you would tell somebody that? I was like, well, Dang. also, goddamn, I'm going to cut down that cut down for a minute and just be like, lady, they, like, there are all kinds of ways you can die by yourself. You can be like stepping out of the elevator and the brakes dislodge or something, right? Or you're on a bike. It's not a tandem bike. You're just riding a bike. I hope that you rent a city bike and get hit by traffic. These are all things that you could easily say. You wouldn't have to worry about the safety of other people. I mean, even if you just said, I hope your Uber ride is a, is, is a somebody who, well, no, cause then the Uber driver dies, huh? But you know, maybe only the tail end of the car gets hit. Yeah, I don't know. it was enough that uh, he he. I think his personality of what he was trying to portray himself to be um, came off a lot differently. That really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. That I thought would have mm-hmm. been super necessary. And like his approach to like, if he was like, "Hey, I'm just going to be an asshole for TV," it'd be one thing. But when you're just doing something and then contradicting yourself the whole, whole entire time, and just being and saying shit, you know, like I remember when he fucking told Kat that she wouldn't be a good mom because she had a face tattoo. And dude, like we literally had to hold her back. (laughs) I forgot how he referenced that, but I do remember that was a moment, man. She fired up. Dude, she was like, oh, fucking kid. We're like, go, hold up, hold up. No, I, uh, she, she talks, she's a, she ain't scared to throw it. She's a, I don't know what you call her respectfully, um, but I hope I say it respectfully. She's a hard ass bitch. <laughs> she's a sweetheart of a person, right? But not a person, but I don't think that's the person that you, that's if you want to find that definition of fuck around and find out, I, I think she'll help you. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've uh, heard stories of her chasing down um, rival bitches. I'll just say it like that. I'm sure no one, from I don't know. Her. I'm sure she doesn't mind. Yeah. From her, she's like her. all dressed up in her nines. So you know, tattoo baby will get dressed up and yeah. she's out in Miami 
uh, exploring, you know, doing the nightlife kind of thing, like what happens out there and uh, sees the wrong person, starts chasing their fucking taxi down, kicks off her high heels. Anyways, uh, let's get on. Lucerna 26. Just in, in general, I'm curious about what the artist's favorite flash challenges are and why. Also, if they stay close with anybody from the show. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'd like to answer this a little bit first just by simply saying there are no favorite flash challenges. Fuck those flash challenges in their fucking face. No, I absolutely <laughs> agree. You disagree? Disagree. What was your funnest flash challenge? What do you think of it? Um, now, did we do some stupid shit? Absolutely. But honestly, the funnest flash challenge that I had that I'm still proud to be a part of this day and it was probably one of the best experiences that I that I got to do that was on that show is mm-hmm. when we engraved the dog tags. Yeah. Yeah. To me. I forget yeah. about that a lot. But that was a big emotional day for you too, especially missing your family. And I'm Bro, sorry, go on. You tell us. That, that was that's when I figured some shit was going down. Like I don't were you in the were you in the uh when the in the van when I fucking went off on Ann, the producer, one of the no. producer or whatever she was. No, a uh, little, little Korean girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm the reason why we had to shut production down. Remember when we got back and they were like, we're just going to stop filming. I do. Yes. I feel like I, this is all vague to me though. What happened? So I won't get into her story because it's her personal story. But it was one of those things to where it's like they got butts poking a bear because it was emotional, man. I mean, mm-hmm. at first I I was, and I still get choked up about it every time I think about this whole episode. It, but it was like it was an honor. But it was one of those things like it's shitty that we have to do something like this for these people and these families, you know. Mm-hmm. But for you know these sacrifices and what they've done, and you know, and, and trying to make it memorable. So at first I I approached the whole idea of. I thought it was bad that I felt like we were kind of almost bastardizing these people's stories for just entertainment. Right. That some but exploitation they, who of I was, their drama. Yeah. So the guy who I was sitting with, you know, who, who I was doing the dog tag challenge for um, kind of explained, he's like, look, man, no, I don't look at it that way. He goes, we're just one of millions of people who have these stories. Help us get our story out there. So other people would know that they're not alone. And when he put it to me that way, I was like, all right, you're right. You, you've given me a new outlook. And when we're in the van and they just kept poking, like, Jimmy, why are, you, why are you so emotional? Why are you crying? Can you tell us about the family? Can you tell us about the military? You know, I was like, no, just leave it alone. I was like, everyone here went through some heavy, heavy shit. Like to hear yeah. these stories, to be with these people, to be a part of it. I was like, just like, we'll give you your, we'll give you your minutes. Please just calm down like let everyone just kind of absorb just what happened and regroup ourselves well you seem really emotional you won today do you feel like you won do you feel like who you felt like was i was like no one won everyone won today everyone got to be a part of something that was bigger than us you gave me they the were, they, were they filming in the cars on the way back they did that yeah. sometimes yeah they were filming in okay. the car they had the so that's why she's asking yeah and she kept on but she wasn't she wasn't the one who handled me she never spoke to me she was never ones that you know like each mm-hmm. one of us she was one of my handlers i, I loved yeah. her i thought she was awesome man and i she never she maybe she might say hello to me tomorrow but there was no reason that she would have to talk to me right and this, and this is how like i knew that day like we didn't have our phone 
for like a week and a half. And that morning they were talking like, we're going on set. We're going to New York. You know, we're like, Oh, excited. Cause remember we're like, fuck, we get to be outside. Hell yeah. You know, we're mm-hmm. going for a walk finally. And, when and we then being up, on the intrepid, that was awesome too. Until you find out what you got to do. Well, that's it. I was like, when we got over there, I made the thing. I was like, dude, we should need to visit the intrepid. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like the fucking, the, the, the museum. <laughs> It's on the fucking boat. I'm like, let's visit that shit. And when we pulled up, I was like, dude, I was so excited. I was so giddy. I was like, dude, we're totally doing American traditional tattoos. I'm like, this is the closest thing that I'm going to get to do new school. And on the, because everything kept being like black and gray and fine line, you know, everything kept being like half realism, you know? And I was like, this is, this is neo traditional or this is traditional tattooing. You know, we're doing Americana tattoo. We're doing like Sailor Jerry stuff. I'm like, this is the foundation of new school. I was like, fuck yeah. And we're going around and we're going around and, you know, when we get up on the flight deck and, you know, we're standing there and we're like here, you know, we're about to, you know, the, the, the fucking craft is lifting up and, you know, we're about to get the reveal of like, dude, we're going to do something fun. And when those people are standing there and they're holding those envelopes and you're like, nope, no, we <laughs> today is going to fuck. <laughs> Holy fuck. And then when you started hearing the stories, it was like, dude, if you didn't fucking get watery eyed, you do not have a fucking soul. You do not have a heart. You are yeah. fucking dead inside. Every one of those people was a fucking hero. Dude. Like, I mean, I mean, the people that had passed, the people that, that were there as well to share their story. Thank you for that. I don't mean to try and sell you as not being a hero, but fucking hey, like, wasn't that, it, wasn't yes. it your kid's story that like saved some, like a whole base, basically? He saved so, uh, him and his friend basically end up having to commit suicide and they saved, uh, I think it was 27 people's lives from a suicide bomber truck. What the fuck does that even take? Like they're knowingly. Yeah. That was one of them. Yeah. So I completely for like, I must, I have a funny thing that sometimes trauma does. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't register on some levels and on other parts, like I forget it. Like this, I I forgot about that day. No, I never forget. I can never like if that's the first thing my mind goes to. Like, I mean, there's there's other moments that I've had that I've enjoyed being on that show. It was it was there was good times, you know, being in the finale, being there, doing this and doing that. But when people ask me about the experiences and stuff on there, like that's one of the the top coolest ones. I mean, to being on the Intrepid, you know, to hearing these people's stories, to hearing sharing their stories. And then it was doing- cool, but what a roller coaster of emotion! Like first, the, they took us through a. It was the museum for us. You know, oh, we the- did a museum tour, and we kind of got to read up and kind of get all the importance of so many artifacts inside of there, and just kind of this childish. Uh, it, it's not like um a lust for war, but a whole kind of different aspect than the realities of war. Yeah. You know, from a safe, comfortable. A, a sensitized or desensitized experience we get to read about all these horrors of war completely it, it, we're going back home we're not thinking about it anymore and then we meet people who that those wars like that there's they, they are the war stories and yeah. uh and and then you kind of to me i felt all my enjoyment from the day was kind of gone not sucked out because that seems like such a bad way to put it but it was you know what i mean like it was just like everything that you felt now um about the interest of war seems to take on this whole different aspect because of your far away comfortable 
observation of it that you hadn't even thought of it before you met these people. Yeah. So there was different things like that morning I was complaining about like not being able to speak to my kid, you know, like these people are doing shit, you know, and I had people that never spoke to me walking up to me like, Hey Jimmy, how's it going? I'm like, I'm doing good. How are you today? I'm like, Oh fuck. People are just being nice today. Like, fuck that. That person never ever speaks to me. And then, and then everyone's the family doing, and I'm like, dude, I don't know. I haven't had my phone. So I've been talking to him like, Oh, that's fucked up, man. You guys got to get your phone, man. Do we know you're a family guy? And so now my brain's constantly thinking about my family think, in my mm-hmm. head. Like they planted that seed. And then how you we think got, there was a purpose how, to plant to doing that too. Yeah. When how they talked to you like that, they were just being kind possibly. Well, that's what I thought. But then that's when it's like, I randomly get picked the one guy who had his only son lost as uh, opposed that, to, was that a random pick f- for the assignments that that day yeah. you didn't notice nope. that all of them randomly picked we weren't assigned i any- noticed some shit i was pretty kind of about that because uh it also was by the story yeah there was only one winner everybody else sacrificed there but your dude you know what i mean right like that was a fucking that was a story and so like if it was to be randomly yeah there's a lot nope. then I, mean, I would say we're getting I mean, into conspiracy dude, theory here, but Andrea's got a bit of, you know, questioning. She ain't going to want to come on the no. show. Yeah, mine wasn't the only one who lost. The the Joe, one Joey's was another one story that I thought was super fucking heavy. Her husband had to call in a hell strike on himself. Oh, fuck. And to hear that, you're like, what the fuck? Like, dude, like wrap your head around that shit to fucking be that strong of a fucking man. To fucking do that that's crazy you know like and so that's when I, like uh, you know the stories themselves are you know they're 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 amazing i mean not the word amazing but they're strong in their own right you know and then we're looking at it like you know fuck i'm on a tv show dude i got fucking water here if i need it i got food here if i need it you know like what i'm doing is you know what i think is bad isn't so bad so a lot of things got put into perspective for me that day yeah. um but yeah, I felt like a little whining bitch. Well, the the girl yeah. that um I tattooed lost her son. Uh, I believe it was helicopter, and and it, it completely no fault of his own. You know, I right. like like just a hundred percent, just casualty of war. Um, they don't even know uh, if I remember correctly. I don't even know what it was that made the helicopter go down. Yeah, just so. so- when it comes to, I mean, to circle back to that answer, um, <laughs> yeah, Lucerna 26, fucking great question. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, I, I, I did enjoy some of the uh challenges, but for me, that was the most memorable one and one that I was probably most proud of being a part of. Awesome, thanks. Uh, extrovert Wallflower, who is also often on here, thanks for asking all these questions, this extrovert Wallflower, uh, but. Jimmy and Jesse, I guess, which uh, I guess that doesn't work. Why am I reading that? I should, I should peruse these questions before I just pause them <laughs> or propose them. Like, sorry, but, but Jimmy, other than yourself, who do you think is best new school artist on the show? So he, in, he included Jesse in, in your question. So I don't know, a hearty fuck off to you, extrovert wallflower. Uh, we don't think of other new school artists when we have Jimmy on. There are no others. There is, no, this is not even a genre for anybody else. Dude, I mean, realistically, you know, that's what I'm known for. But like a lot, a lot of the other people on there, I mean, 
you got to figure um, Josh Woods, like season one, you know, Jesse Smith, you know, but Jesse Smith was what season two, I believe. What was it? You consider season? Josh Woods to be okay. Yeah. Josh Woods. I'm thinking Josh Payne. Josh no, Woods definitely a new school. Like when he, I mean, he's doing a lot more neo-traditional now, but he was new school, you know, each season. I mean, they have that style of artist, you know, you, you got, you know, so many like Craig, you know, amazing new school. Um, which you, you did a redemption with or, or a grudge match with grudge match. That was the only one that I, I, I agreed to go back on as a grudge match. Explain they this wanted, one. They wanted me to, you and uh, yeah, you they, and he hate each other. They wanted me to pick Jesse to go on as a grudge match. And I was like, why we weren't okay. competing with anything. We, you know, other than that was on season seven and that shit was already fucking weird because I had my own conspiracy theories about all that stuff. Um, but I was like, I won't go on as a grudge match because I don't have a grudge towards anybody. Everyone else who was there was doing the same thing I was doing. We were all trying to do the best tattoos we can and be liked by the judges. Right. I can't, you know, like they were like, oh, fuck Joey. Cause you know, it's like when I went back for that, um, was it was the fucking the tattoo one where we did re tattoo revenge when my, my canvas tried to bitch out Joey for winning. And <laughs> I was like, and the thing was, is I told Jay, he's such a nice guy, you know, um, he's a uh, ex, you know, fire chief captain, dude's fucking amazing guy, super family oriented, was just, he's a really good person, you know, and wow. when he was on the show, he was yelling at Joey, I was like, hold up, man, I was like, why are you Who mad are at you? Joey? I was yeah. like, like, Joey didn't pick his, the winner, I was like, if you want to yell at someone, yell at fucking the judges. Yeah. And then so go the pretty mouth and old toothpick, the devil's satin lace hair himself. Yeah, go, and go so I, those three. When you know when we were on the show, he was like all worried. He's like, "Man, I'm gonna be look like." I was like, "Hold on," I was like, "I because we were a microphone, and you know, me and Joey know each other." I looked at him. I said, "Hey, I'm gonna say something. I want you to follow my lead." And he's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "And I fucking I started like itching my chest, so like it kind of covers up the microphone," yeah. and I was like. Joey. Yeah, they don't like you doing that. No, I'm like, Joey, I'm going to say something. And when I say it, you just follow my lead. You're smart enough. You'll understand where this is fucking going. And he's like, okay. But he's like, I'll worry. I'm like, don't, don't. So when I told Jay, I was like, look, dude, Joey won. It wasn't because he fucking picked the tattoo. You know, mm -hmm. you know, did I, I still like my, I thought my tattoo was better. And I thought I did what I was asking you know what the judges kept asking me it was funny because they were like don't do new school and then when i got there like why don't you do new school i'm like because you fucking told me not to <laughs> yeah don't be a one-trick pony okay i'm not i'm matter of fact here is the thing that you love yourselves yeah and so but when i fucking told jay i was like look we both feel like we've won we're both fucking good artists you're not going to get tattooed again for free unless both of us tattoo you and then fucking Joey was like, fuck yeah. And that was the fucking deal. <laughs> and it was funny because Andrea come walking around the corner. And she, she pissed? Yeah. Because you guys just took the storyline from her. She, I go, look, you can still get the story. She was like, she was like, you're always fucking killing me, Jimmy. Why are you always doing this shit? I was like, because I don't want to fucking complain about nobody. I'm like, right. not Joey's fault. <laughs> How pissed off was she? What, give me a, a scale here. She, that that I don't think she was pissed off because I think she knew she could have got a story out of it because mm -hmm. basically, okay, yeah, unlike the bad guy would have been Jay. There had to be somebody as a bad guy, and right. he looked at he was either gonna get fucking 
two people tattooing him at the same time creating a fucking shit ton of pain or he wasn't going to get anything at all. So she still got, she got the drama part out of it, you know? Right. That's so awesome. I can hear her voice saying it. I feel like I can see her expression and more of a, more of an annoyance, but this is also the world that she chose so long ago when she decided she found reality TV more exciting than film. Yeah. She, I mean, she kind of, she gave me that like funny smile laughing. It was, it was fun. She wasn't super pissed. (laughs) She kind of gave me that head. Like, God damn it. An extrovert wall follower. Sorry for uh, swearing at your brother. Of course, I don't mean any of that. We really appreciate your questions. Uh, one of these times, I will ask Jesse that. I don't know why I didn't ask him. I feel like I just had him on yesterday. Um, yeah. Jimmy L. John 70 asks Jimmy L. Oh, fuck. Litwalk. Jimmy. Man, it's been late. You catching this? I apologize. Um. Yeah, I'm like, who the fuck is Jimmy L? Jimmy, who's Jimmy L? Uh, it's uh, uh, all right. So I'm moving on. When the judges are giving you shit for doing new school, how hard is it not to want to go and dick punch them and th- tell them to fuck off? It takes three times an artist to do new school than Xerox Japanese tats that look all the same or bullshit coloring book, American traditional. I think I was supposed to put a little bit more emphasis on the end of that, but I didn't catch. See, I'm slow and I wasn't even catching what I was reading. Yeah. <laughs> How hard was it to keep from dick punching these kids? Okay. So here's, here's the answer to that. Now, if we were at a tattoo convention and it was being judged that way on, in some of the things that they were saying in front of us, it'd probably be different. But I agreed to do a TV show on an entertainment network that would be judged by three different people on their basic opinions. So I highly subjective as the contract words to read every single time. Highly subjective opinion of the judges. Yeah, I have to understand that some of the answers and things they say are going to be biased and also placed towards, you know, maybe um you know production value but also mm-hmm. to that to that example as well they were just as edited as we were so if you heard them say something shitty about my work that oh, could yeah. have they said it a thousand said, times more like and could have said something that was nice maybe the 20 minutes beforehand because as you know like we it took almost 20 to 30 minutes you know an artist i forgot they did always do that with you there was the very first part of the critique and then the stuff they would use with you yeah everybody got that treatment but in every case they came to you with such respect and they were like jimmy hi my name's nunez i'm gonna suck and fillet you for a couple of minutes before my friend mustache over there does um (laughs) but then we're really gonna come at you hard okay so just get ready and then they would tell you all kinds of nice shit about your tattoo and then meanwhile we're all back there like i don't get none of this <laughs> but we probably didn't notice it when we were getting the nice stuff you know how that that stuff kind of gets to be yeah anyways thank you Quee john um so i knew it that too this kid is obviously looking for a wwe response and i knew jimmy was going to give him a measured articulate and well thought out <laughs> intelligent anyways emotionally intelligent response e man e mac and cheese okay 
E-Mac and Cheese, good rap name. His question is, what is the living environment like on Ink Master? Obviously, we only see 40 minutes a week, so we just see a fraction of what really goes on. So how are things behind the scenes? And how does that play into the performance of the show? Well, we've already kind of talked about how Josh's um, shenanigans would play because we never knew how to take him. And so he literally was ostracized from most community of any sort because he was such a hard guy to get a judge on. Did you you feel the same for for his ostracization? Um, dude, I I don't know, man. Like, I didn't. I think people would think I put more thought into that guy than what I really do. Um, well, this is me steering Emac and Cheese's question that way too. So I should uh, what, the, behind the scenes, other things. I was really just putting that out there. Like I think that part makes sense. So moving on, uh, one thing that they didn't ever see was little Jason Clay Dunn uh, and um, Jackie's budding relationship. I don't nope. know who was the 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 uh, dominant one in that relationship or not, but it was definitely some weird flirtation going on very much so very much so. but i mean there was a <laughs> lot of stuff i think if a statement of being on set is one of the things i could describe it it's the most hurry up and wait that possibly can be done because we would be sitting there in such fucking dead zone where we're not really supposed to talk. You're not really supposed to go anywhere. You got to stay in front of everybody. You can't move so much because you're in hair, makeup and microphone. You know, it's in, you know, you, you got to use these little bathroom breaks and these little, like try to fresh up breaks. And then you're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden they're just like everyone up running, let's go. And everything is like, like a fucking race car. It's floored. It's going so fast. It's so fast. And you're like, you're speeding up, you know, like, getting to where you got to go, getting to where you got to say, get into the fucking on this marker, get into your room, get to this drawing. And then I'll tell something's like, all right, dead stop again. It's like red light, green light, red light, green light to the point yeah. where it's, you fucking don't know. It's almost like your brain goes into gridlock and people don't see that shit. And then when you get down there, so we start, you know, we had to wake up at, you know, five o'clock. So you got to be, you know, there's that many people in the, in the house where we stayed at and there's only two fucking bathrooms and then you got that many people so you got to figure out like do i wake up you know do i try to jump in the yeah. shower what what time right. should i plan my my morning poo yeah <laughs> and there's this all this fucking shit goes through there with all these people and then you have people like literally like mystical mike and then uh fucking josh and who i think uh who else was it that would just make the most craziest fucking food plates and just leave them everywhere? Like would not clean up after themselves. It was like, what the fuck, man? Like you guys can't just throw it away or you can't wash a dish. Like what the right. shit, man? It was, it was like, there was like, wasn't there a time they made us wash dishes? They were closed in the kitchen at one point, but didn't they, didn't a production get on our asses about being dirty? Well, because me, me and Craig used to wash the dishes, so we stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Fuck that, man!" Like we all live here, right? Like doing it, and then, then I was like, I was the one who bitched about fucking needing fucking shower slippers. Yeah, because of them damn jellyfish. That's what I said. I was like, these motherfuckers have been away from family too long. You got other people in this fucking house. I'm like, I'm not standing on this fucking floor when you guys aren't cleaning. 
I'm like, and we we all thought of that of of everything in a different respect all of a sudden too. I was like, okay. I'm standing on these floors, and everyone's like, "Why?" I'm like, "You got to get a shower slippers, dude." I fucking would not go in there barefoot. Fuck that. I would not stand in the shower barefoot. I fucking took I took flip flops in there with me every time. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. I kind of gave it the old perusal and then you do the hot shower um, where, where you stand and you kind of try and spray anything down. You just hope, <laughs> you know, but that was enough time. Right. Yeah. And uh, but it, it, you definitely had to plan like your day around how you knew other people were abusing or using the bathroom. And there would usually be a weight of sorts, too. If you, you would have to get in there before Jason, Jason. <laughs> He's in there shooting up Xanax. He's probably mainlining Xanax in there. Dude, he was in there blowing it up. He's like, I got a nervous stomach. <laughs> Remember how he was like, he wouldn't eat before we would go in the Holland Tunnel because he was scared of sprouting a monkey tail. Yeah, he was like, he's like, I'm going to get in this tunnel. We're going to get stuck in, in traffic. I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> he, was, he would rather not eat. I remember asking him, like, you're not having breakfast this morning? It's like we're all like they would usually cater something for us on filming days for yeah. breakfast. And you could have, you know, whatever cereal or something, too. But usually, you know, you got to get ready and stuff. So you're going to have them do it for you. God bless them for it. And there is a uh, little Jason. I'll get nervous and looking like Porky Pig about to be like, I bet, I bet, I bet, I, bet I got to poop. And then, he, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, God bless him. Fun times. Uh, so. Oh. One more question. Mm -hmm. uh, but but this one's just from Kyle Dunbar. Uh, would you go back? Would you be affiliated with him again? Uh, as to opposed how I left the last time I was on there, I don't think they would ask me to come back on. Oh, so would you, though? Does that make you even you're like, man, I'd almost want to go play good boyfriend mend this relationship oh, come on andrea I, I, I'm, see i don't know uh, mm -hmm. i think it's it's such a double-edged sword like i don't know that i could play a part in any of that no more i don't think that like i don't one of those things like i don't think i'm interesting enough anymore i don't think that i'm young enough anymore to kind of have this marketing standpoint of where they have developed this show uh you're mistaken like, if I've you... learned something about this. If they didn't have to recreate those judges because of little racist Holly, then they would have never, because they already had built so much into them as far as making them acceptable. I believe this. I kept wondering, why wouldn't they change them to a more respectable in the tattoo community group or more diverse? It always made sense to have Nico on there or someone like yourself, but it never made sense to have two people that are basically the same style repeating itself, except that number one of them had already built up a relationship inside or a, a following inside the TV and an acceptance in the, in the psyche of America being uh -huh. Nunez. And then Ali was a caricature that was easy to sell. And they had already put all that work into him being an icon. Any change to that is actually weakening your product somewhat or your product's strength, I believe. So I don't think they ever would have changed that if it wasn't for, you know, his uh, his MySpace page. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I couldn't say that I wouldn't do it again, you know, but mm -hmm. it's one of those things like I don't think 
that I'd be on the menu for them to even comprehend <laughs> like something some old guy being brought back again as like one of the guest judges or like something like that. Like I'd be on like when I did the whole coaching thing, dude, I had a lot of fun with that, man. It was really cool. Um, is, is that, and that's where things went. That was the last time you were on or was, were you on the, the redemption no, on season seven? I think that like how that was, how that went down was probably, I don't think they would have me back on because I still think that I, I would approach things a little differently and I would probably speak my mind more so on stuff than just kind Empire. of. But you were on redemption after yeah. season seven. So they yeah. were, all, they already reach out and they have a relationship with you. You didn't burn any bridges there. You just think that your, your commodity or whatever, you imagine that they've already used it up. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, I hundred percent know how you feel, brother. Because uh, yeah, they ain't calling Kyle. And look at me trying to beat this dead horse for relevancy. Shit, is anybody else fucking this thing like I am? I'm trying <laughs> to think. I mean, fucking clean rock. He fucking put a dent in it, but that was all off their their bill. You know, I'm fucking supporting this back here by my own fruition. And uh, and yeah, I think they've they, they've got their idea. I've been cast as what I was. They used it up. I think they'd actually be worried that they're like, well, anymore, we might break them. <laughs> like he was close to breaking the last time, you know, like some some kind of um, interrogator for the mob or something. You know, it's a dangerous business. I mean, you want the information. You're willing to, to let them sacrifice a little bit. But uh, if you beat them up too much, they just go catatonic. Well, well right. let me. Ask, I think mm -hmm. that's a question from Jimmy Litwalk to Kyle hey, Dunbar. Please do, because my next question is the ask Kyle a question question. So, fuck yeah, put me on the hot seat, brother. Look how psychic I am, man. There's no yeah. such wise man. Um, so, like, you know, I think depending on everyone's mood or everyone's approach to the beginning part of the conversation, when we're always asked probably at least once a week about being on the show mm -hmm. um, is it something that do you find that you lean more towards regretting doing in your career do you think like sometimes it hurt you as an artist or a, as a person as as like your branding and tattooing or do you really think like you have zero regrets to ever doing the show zero regrets to ever doing the show okay. definitely wasn't gonna uh realize what it took for me to step out and be a better artist by myself you know what i mean and that that really that's like if if you're into and i know you are you're into brazilian jiu-jitsu but if you never wrestle against if you never actually go in a match you're not tested you might have all the drills down you know what i mean you might be able to make well you can't make it to black belt and and you know how bjj is too yeah you don't rise without knowing some shit you got to get the tournament in though you know you got to get beat up and you got to fight back. And I felt like that was a crash course, a super fast, awesome uh, system of that. You know, it, it, it did successfully beat me up till I had nothing left. And I do have regrets about how I've kind of come out, but it isn't anything that I wouldn't have done myself. Like right now, trying to reinvent myself as more of an abstract artist um, is not... I, if I wanted, I, 
I would want to do that. I still messed up all this. It wasn't Ink Master that typecast me as being able to do everything. It was me just like you back in the day when you were like, no, I'm a tattooer first. Yeah. I do tattoos. What you got? Old school. Fuck. Yeah. I, I got an old school guy, but he's off. I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. Or even fucking I'm hungrier than him today, you know, or I'm first up. I'll do old yep. school. Um, And, and now I, I, I'm just reaching a, a, a point where I'm having a hard time finding inspiration in that. But again, just like when I looked at it only through your eyes in this conversation. Right. So I look at it like I know I should, but I don't until I am talking to you and I'm trying to kind of bitch and complain. And I realized that I didn't solve the problem. Right. I should have fucking did a fish tattoo for this guy. No problem. Or a fishing tattoo, fishing lure, fishing pole, edge of a bank. It didn't have to be that place, but instead I gave up. I was determined it was going to be a bad tattoo. I was right. And that's where I went wrong. So I don't know, even though I could complain about that aspect of it, I know that I'm wrong too, because <laughs> You know, I'm just being a bitch. No, I mean, but that's that's the industry we've chosen. You know, we do something that's so emotional that, again, like try to be perfect every single day. It's fucking possible, man. Yeah. You know, like whatever else you got going on in your life, like dude, you you got to wear so many different hats. You know, you're a dad, you're a husband, you're a friend, you're a business owner. You know, like you you got to do so many things. You know, like you're a family man. You got to you know and friends and you know for your personal self and then family you- and friends tell me about that uh because i skipped over this kid's question a, a bit uh in in certain event but what do you keep in touch with anybody um from the show do i yeah absolutely mm-hmm. Who, right on i i kind of knew you had to have because like i said everybody mentions you when they're like oh i talked to jesse or to jimmy first and i was like hey uh what do you think i should expect how should i approach this you're like a grandpa ink master. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, it's, it's, I mean, I, I, a lot of the guys who did come to me, I mean, it was a big honor. Like I remember halo uh, talking with him and, mm-hmm. you know, it's weird. Cause like that dude is so fucking creative. Like, like mm-hmm. it's, it's mind blowing. And he's, he's such a hard worker, you know? Yeah. You know, his, his work ethic, you know, and his, you know, approach, like he's, he has that chameleon style of being able to hold a conversation with so many different versatile people in the room, you know? So he, he's always so entertaining to talk to and to have someone like him be like, Hey man, can I, can I get your opinion? Can I ask you something? And to kind of be like, Oh shit. Like, okay, what's up, man. And to try to just explain to people, like I try to give them the most biased way of like, I don't want to direct no one's thought. Like I just would rather give you a more simple you know, perspective on my experience and on what you could possibly expect, but no way would it would like, if anyone asked me now, like, Hey, should I do ink master? I'm like, absolutely. Why wouldn't you? They're going to do it about yeah. some, not it be about you. Like yeah. the- I, I had a friend recently tell me he didn't want to kind of go through their hoops as it were, because they were asking him kind of I, now Dude, that they can't have shirts what's anymore. The you know? difference the hoops that we jump through now through our clientele. I mean, nowadays, clientele has a bigger voice in our industry than we do. Like, it's almost like you you almost got to beg certain people like, oh, let me tattoo you like, motherfucker, you you emailed me, you know, and now I I need (laughs) to have different renderings. I need to know what's this. I mean, it's like, no, dude, 
you 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 hit me up. This is you know what to kind of expect. I'm I'll show you a drawing, but it's like, you know, they you know you got to give me some fucking like trust word example fucking form I have to fill out beforehand. Hey, in your shop, is there this? Is there that? Do you guys do this? What's your political view? What's your guys? Do you guys listen to music? I'm like, oh no 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 no. If you come in, understand it's a tattoo shop. You might hear something off putting. You might hear something. We tell you to keep your religion and politics out of the fucking shop. Now, you might hear something. Doesn't mean that's always what it is. You know, every person that's in there is a different personality. But understand, it's like the barbershop. It's like the bar. Like, you might hear or see something that's adult-like. So be adult-like to it. Now, can I say that your feelings might get hurt? Understand, you're an adult. Doesn't mean that you have to agree with what everyone's saying. But I don't have to fucking my fucking shop to fucking make you feel now if uh, people's feelings getting hurt we should all yeah. recognize that we're in control of our feelings and if we're not then what the fuck you're putting me in control of them you're a dumb idiot because i ain't yeah. gonna fucking respect your feelings nearly as much as you would why don't you hold on to your own fucking feelings and make yourself feel better because i shouldn't have such a control over you unless you're a fucking bitch well the, the thing is that, like if something's going on it's making you feel uncomfortable at the time i will try my best to divert that whole thing or get it out of the way to make you feel comfortable during your tattoo experience. But the whole beginning, when you got to send me a fucking rider as like, you're some goddamn fucking rock star band where it's like, if I don't have, you've, any, you've fucking, had this happen, huh? Like leather thing. It was like, no, that's, this is, was that, it about it? They wanted to know political views. Dude, dude, we've had everything. Dude, we've had all kinds of shit where people got to say this or that, or this, you know, this, oh, or, yeah. If you listen to Satan music while I'm getting tattooed, just know that I will leave. Like, it, like, why? Would How do it- we even know which Satan music is? Obviously, let's be honest about this. If you're Satan, are you going to attack rock and roll? No, you got them sinners already. Where are you going to be? If I'm Satan, I'm writing the best fucking Jesus songs. Dude, like it's you follow it's, me like i'm gonna i need to work on the christians and i'm gonna subvert them with some back masking inside a christian rock that's like i praise satan and then dude, they're gonna all go to hell i've had people email me and ask me if i was vegan if i use vegan products if there's if we have taxidermy fucking hanging speaking in- of which you do use vegan products dude, but i mean i'm not going to a degree <laughs> where it's like i'm not fucking you still with the electric with the ink company what's that you still with the same ink company? You still using that ink? Yeah. Okay. Electric ink. Mm-mm. Oh, fuck. No. See, I was like, I'm not going to bump their name until you tell me you're with them. No. <laughs> who who no. is it you're using? World famous. Oh, fucking awesome. Jack and Lou. Jack yep. and Lou's uh, awesome ink. It's yep. great ink. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we've had some like these weird things and I'm like, no, like, like if if you can walk into the shop if you if you're fucking trying to visit like we're not fucking gonna world proof the fucking shop you know change everything like that like you can come in if you if you don't like the music then we can see about maybe changing it or putting change in the station or something like that but it's this whole like entitlement beforehand to come on in it's like no it, it, it's not that way no more. I mean, I don't even know how we got fucking diverted. Was it ever? Well, it used to be because they would come in and they'd make you listen to Slipknot while you're putting that S on them back in the day. (laughs) But but then you ended up with it. Or was it Godsmack? Remember, they both had tattoos on like the album. Well, basically, like like I had a million of those CDs. You got every every dude got it around his nipple or his belly button. 
and but they all had to listen to the CD when they got it too, right? Dude, we gotta listen to this while I get it, man. I love like I got smack so much. And then you would do it, and then you ended up with because the first few times you didn't tell them that it was still in your hundred disc CD changer when they're all high on their endorphins and leaving. And you're just like, cool, got me a new CD. And then after about the seventh one, you're like, dude, dude, get your CD, man. Get that fucking yeah. thing. Get the fuck out of here. I've heard this shit. <laughs> Sorry. But when I start talking about Godsmack, is actually one of the times I realized I've stayed too long and probably said too much. Um, Jimmy, I want to thank you for being a part of the show. Oh, man, dude, I totally appreciate the opportunity, man. I, I enjoyed catching up with you, reminiscing about those times um and it kind it's of been fun you reminded me of a lot really like of awesome times yeah i mean i i i try to, to focus more on the more positive shit about it because really in, in hindsight like when i would tell stories about being on there i would rather enjoy explaining that because i mean everyone's had a bad time and everyone was in a situation you know but i mean if we think back and reminisce dude like we had some laughs dude there was some funny ass shit going on there you know awesome it was, was it was the most awesome experience that I can say of my life, you know, outside of my family life, marriage and, and you know, raising my kids. There is that was the most exciting and most awesome time being with and around all that and still associated with it because I get to travel with these guys. We see each other on the road occasionally as well. And yeah. you catch up and you, you just like this. I knew this was going to be a blast for me because of of this moment we haven't seen each other i feel like it's probably been four years maybe more no it's been four years it was the last time i did philly is when the last time i seen you okay yeah <laughs> jimmy thanks a lot man i appreciate it so much and for everything you do for me have done for me and other artists as well um in your uh your ideas of integrity one on the show but also that just shows through in your life and and everything you do man really appreciate it dude man thank you kyle i, I truly appreciate it. please tell you uh hello to your family for me uh look forward to actually seeing you in person again um and and thanks for having me on man i uh, i'm truly grateful no problem love it take care man we'll talk to you soon all right brother